do you know each other from a theater company that we have never named on this podcast? No, actually. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> no, we 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 met reading uh, scripts for the Relentless Award, the oh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman Playwriting Award. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We did a lot of like arguing in a, a excessively fancy boardroom. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it was always ironic for all the funky queer ass, you know, like artsy types that were yeah. on that committee. Yeah. No, very like uh, just sitting in that. A lot of memories of sitting in that law firm. Very fancy, like, you know, fucking white shoe New York City law firm. Yeah, the kind of elevator where you can't touch the buttons. The security just right. like, takes oh, you where you're going. God. But just sitting there looking and, and talking about like this. Th- it says a uh, come five times in a row. Is that a, is that a strong artistic choice or is <laughs> yeah. I liked what they did with yeah. the font. The con- come, 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 ah, yes. you know? Yes. Nobody talks about how typeface is a big part of playwriting these days. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why Dance Nation. <laughs> we did genuinely talk about font sizing and, and letters down a page a good deal. Not enough come, though. Not enough come. Probably more than other awards, <laughs> but never enough for me. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. So many possible worlds, but Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the first and only podcast with more come than a lot of the awards, but not enough. <laughs> I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. Sadly, AJ uh, is not joining us today. Yeah, he is actually on one of his secret clandestine CIA missions right. to overthrow the government of Bolivia, and uh, it's he's going to fail. Um, he will come back alive. But he probably won't have all of his fingers. So once he comes back, tail between his legs, we'll lecture yeah. him as is the usual. But uh, yeah, he'll still have his tail in his stead. You don't uh, need fingers to podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You do need a tail, though. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let me see him. Joining us. <laughs> my tail. Goes, Sorry, oh. I'll let you introduce me. <laughs> no, joining us today. Uh, we've got a fantastic guest. Great friend of mine. Director, producer, actor co-host of the fantastic Girls on Porn podcast. That's right. Laura Ramaday. Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. Girls? This is going to be... Porn? Girls? Porn? Porn? With girls? Porn? Yeah, we chose the the name of the podcast to kind of subver, like subvert the like girl on girl action that like in mm. porn women are always referred to as right. girls. Yeah. Um, unless, you know, we're talking about MILF or... Or gilf porn, uh, but yeah, girls on porn. I thought gilf just meant girl. I like to fuck. Uh-huh. It can mean that. Too. Grand, grand, grand girls. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about your show, what it is, how you talk about porn, things of that nature? Well, thank you. A plug up top. Yes, yeah. we make our guests plug at the end. Yeah, we like, <laughs> we like, like when to they do stop both. Listening. Do we like little... to plug at the beginning and the end? A, a DP situation. Yeah. yeah. Listen, we're Eiffel talking Tower. about porn, so we got to plug everywhere we can. <laughs> hey, hey, all right, let's go. She's let's go. Hot. So yeah, girls on porn. Um, I started with my friend Rachel. We were moving in, uh, like I was taking a room in her apartment, and we were already very mutually sex positive, and she was one of the mm-hmm. only women that I just constantly talked to about porn. <laughs> um, so it was kind of a like, oh, if we live together, like if these walls could talk, 
that would be a podcast. Mm. Um, had no real interest in podcasting before then, but realized it was kind of a perfect format to talk about porn because mm-hmm. it's a little bit non-threatening that way. You can have your little secret on the subway or in right. your car. It's a comedy podcast, I should say. Like basically <laughs> what we're doing is reviewing porn. So obviously it's ripe for just a lot of good, clean fun. Um, but we're also, you know, approaching the porn space from an intersectionally feminist mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. We're looking at problem areas. We're looking at the shit we hate because it's a big turnoff to worry about a performer's safety or their yeah. consent. Yep. Um, yeah. And it's also a big turnoff to see problematic stereotypes, yep. uh, like that kind of thing. So we talk about that, but it's a very like, you know, come for the dick jokes, stay for the destigmatization of mm-hmm. sex I'm coming. Work. There it is. <laughs> it's coming. We did it. We got him. We got him. We got, we, we got him. He's coming. Just took a couple minutes with me. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, your show is a lot like ours in that it's... Not just like stuff you love or stuff you hate. It's a it's a nice mix. And as we've learned very recently, mm. uh, porn is a very big industry. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Americans spend almost a dollar per person on it every year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. We we, we, we we learned this from today's subject matter, which I guess oh, we might boy. as well get right Let's into. Get into yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I learned so much about porn did you? stats. Yeah. I kept trying to like, wait, what year? So I just, I'm getting ahead of it. But what year did this come out? Because the YouTube what clip was 2012. You, yeah, what yeah. year do you think it came out? <laughs> I think at one point they made reference to a stat from like 2002 or 2003. Mm-hmm. So I was like, presumably it's around then, but it feels mm-hmm. like 1994. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Yes. So it, maybe I invented the, the stat the book? <laughs> that they mentioned. No, you didn't. You know, you're, oh, okay. you're, you're pretty right on. It's It was like, what, two, 2004, 2004 I that think. the book and the, the movie that accompanies the book came out. So you, you, you nailed it. It's like a 304 it. in that it window. It feels okay. super old, aside from some Windows Movie Maker right. <laughs> effects. effects that are like, oh, yeah. this is from the 2000s. Everything yeah. else is like, this is so old, it's creaking. Yes. yeah. And this is this is a commonality across a lot of this, like, Christian alternative stuff where you'll notice mm. this that there's there's like a five to ten year lag where stuff that is released contemporarily will have the feel of something that is much older yeah. because for whatever reason stuff just doesn't get to this culture until later on. I mean it's on. like literally the nature of the culture is yeah. that it's not progressive. Right. So like we're living in New yeah. York City <laughs> yeah. Los Angeles like we're at the cusp of all things like fashion right. political dialogue like discourse in our culture and and you know christians are, are behind yeah i mean I think i'm allowed to say that i think that's no so it's okay. clearly that. obvious to me i mean we also because <laughs> we, we have a lot of people who listen to our show who come from a christian background yeah. whether they're yeah. still practicing or not you know yeah um and who grew up listening to a radio drama yes produced <laughs> that is still produced in the 2020s like yeah it's a little behind sometimes well, yeah. say it's so far behind that radio dramas have come back yes, yes. <laughs> because um, i do produce scripted podcasts and but let me tell you <laughs> i think the thing about that is yeah i when i go back and when i talk to people who are sort of from that background i'm always surprised where it's like oh these are new ideas and new concepts to you and i don't mean that condescendingly yeah. it's just that like the discourse is just behind. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I mean, when I was in youth group, we did like a, a true love waits, mm-hmm. you know, curriculum or whatever you call it. And indoctrination. The teacher, I mean, talks about like, yeah, you might find a magazine in the woods. And I was like, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> magazine, Who's keeping their magazines in the woods. Second of all, we live in Gallup, New Mexico. Where are the woods? <laughs> 
Gallup. I know Gallup. Really? Do you? Yeah, I've like I drive through it of when course. I go from LA to Colorado and Gallup is one of those like what's here kind yeah, of towns yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to sort of drive by. But going back to the thing about the magazines in the woods, that was one of the things that, one of the great beats that struck me in the, I don't know if we're getting right into it. Yeah, but go right ahead. One yeah. of the band members who is also oh God, God, yeah. um, part of the the website that I visited. Yes. <laughs> uh, I might need to. You did go to the website? Oh, hell yeah. I was like, do they still have this? Yeah. What was it called, guys? Oh, I, I, the, I, the website that the band said, I don't remember. Um, of course, XXX Church is still around. Triple X Church is still around. Triple X Church is the one. Because I was like. Did you know about those guys before? Triple X Church? Triple X Church was a new thing to you? It was. There's another group that's pretty aggressive that's like a very, it's a pretty violent, actually, like anti-sex work organization. Fight the new drug? Fight the fucking new drug. Yeah, yeah. And then there's somebody, yeah. Then there's Exodus Cry as well. Exodus Cry is the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, Yeah. Exodus Cry has been... Real noisy the past few years, but yes, yeah, so the that guy <laughs> who's you know <laughs> what pops up when he comes on screen is <laughs> yes xxxchurch.com and yeah. I was like, so we've got a Christian porn star. Yeah, like, what's so happening? so what happened? But he there... was talking about hiding magazines in the garden, and right. I was like, what? Yep, the garden, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love yeah. My, my garden hustlers. Yeah. Tender garden, <laughs> Brian. I know you when it, when you you love you love a good garden. I do love a good. Is that garden. where you keep your porn? Yeah, I keep. It's just tomatoes. Buttercup squash <laughs> and pornos. Um, and let me tell you, the pornos grow very well in New Mexico. Uh, They're seasonal, though. You know, you got to know when to plant. And, and Triple X Church is like, it's still around, but the status that it had at this time was pretty edgy. Mm-hmm. They were famous because they did this stunt where they appeared at the AVN uh <gasps> Convention. I don't know about that. And they this. set up yeah. a booth that was like. Well, the domain name's a bait and switch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they did that in like 2000, but then they also would do like all sorts of different stunts around where they'd have, they'd hire dwarfs to like carry banners saying, you know, triple X. Dwarves? Like because what? they're regressive assholes. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. No, no. It's exactly <laughs> the reasons you think. It's. It's Wait, just, I don't even know the reasons. It's I just think for the like novelty it's value. It's just for shock and novelty. Just to yeah. get attention. Yeah. Yeah. To be like, I mean, it's the same fucking reason that we man and jackass like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's that thing, right? They get compared to jackass point. and some yeah. of the early articles talking about them. Yeah. Um, I, we'll get wow. more into Triple X Church and some of these other anti-porn advocacy groups uh, yeah. as we dig in. But I think the best way for us to start talking about every young man's battle Mm -hmm. is to actually get a little bit of background into the book itself, because this this movie is it, it cribs a lot of what it is from a book of the same title. Yeah. Every yeah, young the movie feels like an ad for the book. It, like it, it literally, the talking is. heads in the movie yep. are like, "I loved the book because insert right. answer here." Right. It's, it's yeah. very Tim and Eric, and specifically like the Christmas special. <laughs> yes. where the whole yes. Christmas yes. special is like Christmas. buy yes. the DVD for the Christmas special that you are currently yep. watching yep. right yes. now. Yes, one hundred percent. The franchising that's built in. Yeah. yeah, this video seems like it's designed for you to like when you're taking a class they will show this video which also like yep. shows like an example of a class taught by a very homosexual man <laughs> so who gay, is dude. also just me <laughs> yes. he's me yes. Yes. Like, the football coach are we talking about no no no, no. Oh, okay. the, guy in the, the guy in the scripted scene who is a cross between right. Brian Alford and <laughs> Chris Gethard <laughs> <laughs> 
but repressed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which shows a quality you and Chris both don't have. So. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. He's, he's you, also but you would play him in in the yeah. fictionalized version. In, in Are we going to remake this movie? We're going to reenact it. It's yeah. going to be a porno, actually. <laughs> yeah, um. It's going to be a porn parody. Call Wood Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't every young man's battle. <laughs> Triple X. <laughs> we got to figure out a way to get like a dick euphemism into the mm-hmm, title, though. Mm-hmm, if it's if it's mm-hmm. gonna fly, it would rock. Every rocket. young man's pecker. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Pecker. <laughs> oh no. I haven't heard pecker in a while. That's a good one. <laughs> it wants to feel old timey, just like yeah, this yeah. movie. We start actually. We start this fucking movie On at the battlefield, battlefield of Gettysburg. Gettysburg, and they they have like little clips of what you're about to see. So. And a lot of it is very easy to, you know, that's what she said, that thing, which of according course. to the book is one of the gravest sexual sins of yeah. all is to do a, yeah, your mom said that or whatever. The um, books, the way, hold on. So I know we're yeah. about to play an epic clip, but the book <laughs> argues that one of the greatest sexual sins is just making a sexual joke. I'm overplaying it a little bit, but one guy is like, yeah, it's not enough that, you they know, you equal the, the yeah, sins. Yeah. Well, it's it, like, cause there was a point where I was engaged to four women at once. I was just guy, plowing Fred. my way across <laughs> Pasadena Blew my mind. and, and I kept jacking off every time I saw a jogger. But then I got married and I was like, I'm a Christian now and I'm good, but I would still say that's what she said. So I really wasn't pure. And also I kept jacking off to joggers. <laughs> um, but the guy who we see at the top of this movie is not Fred. We'll get to yeah, Fred yeah. later. This, this starts with Steve Arterburn, right? Who's the other author. Who writes okay. under the pseudonym Arterburn Stephen. Wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the Gettysburg Battlefield, site of one of the most fierce battles of the Civil War. It was here that over 51,000 young men were either killed, wounded, or captured. Men who were filled with great potential and dreams for the future, yet never lived long enough to fulfill those dreams mm. because they became a mortal casualty of the battle fought oh, God here. Damn it. Yeah. Today, young men are in the midst of a battle. Not okay. one of cannons, guns, and quests for territory, oh, okay. but an inward one of sexual integrity oh. that involves a man's very soul. Oh, and his dick. Fuck. And his yeah. dick. That's so right. He's so, in a war with his dick is really, and that's that it, a hard battle to win. Yeah, is, this is very like, um, this is for the troops, all the troops, both sides. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. these poor young men all died for no reason. Much like all of your sperm is going to die in a sock for no reason. Right. Yeah, like, what is the angle, aside from just being like, see what we did there with the battle metaphor? <laughs> like, it's this battle, it's this battle. Are they trying to be like, you know, young men used to die, yeah. and like, you can keep your hand out of your pants. I think it is, is a little of bit of that. Yeah. I think yeah. it's mostly just, oh, like you yeah, said, yeah. finding a way to literally connect every young man's battle to the battles of war and a sense of nobility and like rising above something mm -hmm. and yeah but there's also definitely i agree that like in reactionary culture in particular there's always this like longing for the days when men were men and women were women Mm -hmm. that's very built into the to christian culture i would say especially and i'm just gonna jump right in with this too Mm. the only woman in this damn thing yes <laughs> the only woman in this thing is all of 19 years old, if I had to guess. Yeah. And she's one of the strongest talking heads who says, like, I liked the book because. Yeah, she's awesome, dude. 
And the only revelation she shares with us that carries any weight is that it's her fault that mm-hmm. the men yeah. around her stumble because she looked in her closet and realized that she was, I mean, asking for she, it. She was is, forcing them to yeah, sin. Is yeah. the terminology she doesn't exactly say, but she does literally say, like, I've been dressing in a way of sexual sin. And that's you know? basically what every young woman's battle it is. The which I, I'm sure it's is what she's talking conservatively about. Conservatively yeah. enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so every young man's battle. Uh, and every man's battle were sort of the flagship titles of the every young man's uh, the every man's extended universe, right? Yes. Um, so it all started with the medieval mystery play. <laughs> yeah, it was like every man the morality play. That's right. Um, but. Uh, once those books and, and so forth started to take off, I think they kind of yeah. realized how big of a cash cow they had here. And so they needed to verticalize it. Yeah. And so yeah. they also consulted with there was a woman uh, who I don't remember exactly. Oh, she is so interesting. I believe I have seen her speak in person. OK, um, she used to be a mortician Whoa. or she was going to mortuary school before she went to Liber- Liberty University. And she had a number of people or this is how she tells the story, at least. Is that, you know, of course, a lot of the people who came into the mortuary or a lot of the bodies that came in were of people who had died from AIDS. And she thought, oh, no, I'm living a promiscuous life. She saw people (laughs) dying from AIDS and she was like, yeah, let's marginalize those people more. Uh, You know, what's really fucking nuts is that there is a video of her giving a talk. If you search mm -hmm. for every young woman's battle. Yeah. Sadly, it's not a full documentary. It's just this lady giving a PowerPoint. Yeah. But there's one point where she goes. And the reason that I know so much about this is that I have AIDS. Visual AIDS, that is. Oh my and pulls up her PowerPoint. Oh I shit you not. Oh. I hate her. her. Her name is Shannon Etheridge, by the way, and her address is... No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't say that I'll necessarily be going to watch that TED Talk. <laughs> um, but, but you're yeah. exactly right. Like, the project here is twofold. On the side of men, it is... You need to remain pure for your wife, which yeah. means mm-hmm. basically just suppressing any sexual impulse you might ever have. While somehow still like embodying a masculine nobility of a very yeah. specific convention. Yes. And having so much sex with your wife all the time, even though in every man's battle, it does go out of its way to be like, but you know what? Sometimes your sex life isn't going to be amazing all the time. And that's just how God wants it. Like, it's a fucked yeah. up, weird, like, yeah. double And also, thing. you're not allowed to have kinks either. They bring right. up, like, people having fetishes. And it's like, yeah, that's just a thing that happens, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Steve Arterburn is the the mastermind behind the Everyman Extended Universe. Okay. And it's not Fred. <laughs> it's not uh, Fred. Well, Steve Arterburn. With his four wives. I yeah. love him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fred is just... He's just I don't a even guy. know what he is. He's the, yeah. the um, Steve Arterburn is the founder of New Life Ministries, yeah. which started as New Life like counseling in the eighties. Okay. So he's sort of like a James Dobson figure. He's a guy who and started. This is also Colorado Springs as well, right? I know of New Life Ministries because I okay. am from Colorado and, yeah. and like focus on the family yeah. and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. shit is is like household names, <laughs> right? Like household nightmares. It's like where the DeVos is in Michigan, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, and he is sort of like Dobson, except I don't think Steve Arterburn has an actual like education in mm. psychology. The, oh, the, yeah. the counselors they have now are they claim that their counselors are licensed now. But I, I don't know about and what they do is they sell you branded books that are just repackaging the 12 steps. Well, yeah, because I don't think you can effectively operate as a psychologist without bias under the banner of a religion. Absolutely. I'm so sorry. Like you can be tolerant, but that's yeah, that itself is is contradictory 
to Christianity. <laughs> but what you can so. do is consistently reinforce the importance of quote unquote remaining pure. And so, like I said, on the men's side, which we're mostly focusing on today, it's that thing of suppressing your own natural sexual urges. Yeah. Where on the, whereas on the women's side of things, it's all to do with, uh, well, I learned a couple things. Thing one, did you know that women don't get sexually stimulated or aroused by seeing things? As a porn professional, you're learning a lot today. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to read every woman's battle I guess and, so. and, and learn this. Yeah. I need yeah. to look into my heart and find out what's been happening. Yeah. I'm so aroused by visual imagery. Um, I also have to say there's there's an organization called Women of Faith, okay. which is another one. It's sort of like Promise Keepers, but right. for chicks. Uh, yeah. Um, this was founded by Steve Arterburn. Tight. Not, Sounds not, very the vow. Not, not co-founded. Not Steve Arterburn and a woman. Yeah, he Just was Steve. like, ladies, gather around. I've it's got a like, great idea. But doesn't and that, it's me controlling your minds and your bodies. Doesn't that speak to such a weird, like, fundamental impulse here, yeah. though? Like, yes. the project of patriarchal control and oh, how it's yeah. all these guys care about. Yeah. Yes, it's an incredibly concentrated effort and quite complex. Like, it, One Million Moms was also founded by two dudes. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> of course it was. It's like the LGB alliance. It's like... <laughs> So I guess we just need to get all of that out of the way first, just to yeah. frame up that yeah. these are bad people who are going to be saying bad things. Um, so yeah. just like get ready for that. Mm -hmm. I'm so ready. All right. Good. Porn is basically our, our new civil war. Yes. Um, yeah. Because heavy. some horrible people want you to free your sperm the way that they wanted you to free the slaves. Yeah. And we have like to fight against them. <laughs> we, have to, we have to fight our rebellion <laughs> against them. The loss of life on this battlefield many years ago was tragic. But the number of young men who fall prey to sexual promiscuity, pornography, and even sexual addiction is much greater. As a young man, you face a battle. Mm. But it is a battle <laughs> that you can win. Oh, fuck yeah. I had to keep some of this little sting. By the way, in the credits, there was a music by credit, and I was like, is mm -hmm. this one band or three or two? Music yes. by Down Here, By the Tree, Wildest Dreams. Yeah, yeah. and we. Three groups. Those yeah. are three groups, okay. and we I was meet like, them. Is Down Here by the Tree one band? <laughs> right? Oh, um, over here, down here by the trees. <laughs> these bands, I have to say, Josh and I grew up in this this culture. We had never heard of any of those three. Yeah, bands. these are no names. Um, right, <laughs> no name Christian I, I know, rock bands. Yeah. Down here, at are least, there, was like, Chris, is there was is it a notable hierarchy? Like, could yes, you name yeah. Christian rock bands of the time that were especially yes. popular? Yeah, two thousand. What would we? We'd have Reliant K. Five Iron Frenzy. Which you, those, both um, of those you might have actually heard of. They, Rich they Mullins had passed away. <laughs> of course, you know, the the king himself, Michael W. Smith, is still going strong the goat, today. The goat. Um, <laughs> Rebecca St. James. Yep, Amy Grant, obviously. Amy Grant. Newsboys. Newsboys. We're, we're just saying names of bands uh, you've never yeah, heard of. I'm, I'm like, did they, did they just get together and be like, let's make up band names for Laura later? Yeah. So I'm like, wow, Amy Grant. Yeah. No, you know Amy Grant, Baby Baby. Five Iron Frenzy. No, she sounds real. No one has actually heard of Baby Baby. That's the one that we're like, oh yeah, that's the that's the Christian artist everyone's heard of because of the song Baby Baby. No one actually knows that song. If you were into like soft rock for moms in 1992, you might know about Amy Grant. Yeah, it might have gotten a little bit of play on Delilah. Wow. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, porn and sex having is our new civil war, right? Yeah, like we yeah. get blasted with some stats here then in this documentary about how big of a business porno is. Um, 
briefly text flashes that says one nation under God for some reason. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I was Dur- confused during, about some of the language that was just sort of thrown into the mix. Yeah, there. like yeah. during opening sequence number three, uh-huh. because we keep just getting opening sequences and the last one being scored by this uh, down here song. Mm. If only I were bulletproof or at least free from this. This song really makes me want to ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this lo- long yeah. sequence of motorcycle riding. So I realize that the it. whole like the whole theatrical plot of yeah. this, yeah. if I may, please, is like two shots. Like it's the scene yes. in the library, <laughs> and then it's just a lot of motorcycle footage. Yes, and then just like out front of the bad guy's house, mm-hmm. oh, motorcycle they, drives away. Like really... I think they could have literally shot the entire like story <laughs> portion of this movie. In an hour. Oh, like, and they probably did. Yeah. 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 Um, but this is oh, that poor guy. They really tried to make him act so oh, hard. Oh, they did. You know, this. So this is <laughs> this dramatic component. I think if you take anything away from this, if there's anything that's going to stick in your brain after actually mm. watching it, it's this shit. Yeah. We have our this guy. This guy is a chubby king. Like we yeah. love him. Um, <laughs> we talking about the redhead or yeah. the bad yeah. influence. Oh, the bad influence both, is even more of a king. They're both chubby kings. Yeah. 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 Um, the the fucking this redhead guy. Uh, his name is. All I caught was Brad. Kevin. Okay. No, his name's Brad. Okay. Um, and Brad is every young man. Yeah. Um, yes. Brad is every young man, and he is going through a battle. Yeah, uh, the nature of his battle at first just appears to be his battle with his motorcycle, <laughs> but we soon learn that there are other aspects to this battle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. On his motorcycle, he's going over to the house of a middle-aged homosexual man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, who's who's basically just talking about how you know hey 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 bo- hey boys um, because he's <laughs> hey got boys. like there's like five six like teenage boys that he's got in his house and he's just telling them about you know you're gonna feel some urges yeah um, I've got, I've got you some do, of I the, want you to call me yeah this this guy is the guy I said earlier is me. Um, <laughs> Except that I, I repressed and problematic. The, right. These men are both college kids and high schoolers, yes. and the the movie doesn't really know. Even though there's two scenes, the movie like already has too much lore. It's in slippery place to dramaturgy. Keep track of. Yeah. It's, <laughs> this would have been worked out in the second be wondering edit. Whether or not it's actually possible for a person to become addicted to pornography, since it doesn't seem to be drug related. Pornography Truth is, is my favorite. People thing. turn to pornography <laughs> for the exact same reasons they turn to drugs and alcohol to find an escape from their problems. And once they discover that the pleasure that they receive from the pornography provides that escape, then it quickly becomes their drug of choice for coping with those problems. Professor Harper, does it have an escalating effect like the drug addictions? That's our hero, by the way. It really does, Brad. I've counseled with guys that have suffered some great personal losses due to the effects of pornography. Mm. They all started out as just casual users, but then they find they're spending more and more time with it and needing more even active personal encounters with it to get the same amount of pleasure that they had received from the lesser exposure in the past. I mean, the thing about this guy being gay is not even just us making fun of it. It's like really in the subtext here. It seems because to be. Because they're like, you're, some of you are going to get a little too gay. Um, yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say, Laura? Well, I just, I mean, maybe I'm tackling a big overarching topic here. But we, we I'm don't fascinated do that. by the, like, <laughs> the approach to sexual shame. Mm-hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. As someone whose whole life mission has become reducing and releasing sexual Mm -hmm. shame, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, but your strategy here is to be like, you feel sexually ashamed. Come over here for more shame. Like, like, magnify it. You know, like, 
carry that shame in your heart every day. Like tend to the shame, grow the shame, like is how it feels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it Fred <laughs> who says like, you don't have to be a slave, I think, to sexual shame. Mm -hmm. You can instead be a slave to righteousness. Right. And I was like, can I not be a slave? Like, can we just get rid of that? <laughs> no, part? you have to be a slave. That's the nature of the kink. <laughs> you're a sub or you're nothing to me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Everyone is a sub to the Lord. <laughs> but I, I but I no, I think you're exactly right. That there's a certain one of the things that's most wild to me about this movie, and we'll get into some yeah, more specific yeah, yeah. examples of this later on is how these are clearly guys who have very specific pathologies yeah. and they are applying that to everyone. Yes. And so they're doing this thing of like, well, you're just like me. You're just like me, right? You're, you're always thinking about these things all the time. Yeah. If you He's see just like me for real, <laughs> uh, you also cannot help, but have your eyes pop out of your, your, your skull, like in a fucking cartoon when a woman when a jogger is jogging down the street by. and her boobies are bouncing up and down, you know, it's like, no man, that's like that's that's just kind of you. Problem. Like that's yeah. your specific deal, and that's because fine. You're repressed, dude. Yeah, like yeah. most people don't come when they see a jogger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I can attest, I got the numbers. Yeah, it's this guy just like he then just becomes so neurotic about every time he sees like cleavage on a billboard, right? Yeah, and it's like, dude, you don't have to live like this. Also, just to be very <laughs> yes. clear. When we say this guy, we are talking about Fred, Fred, who we're really going to get to meet in a little bit. Yeah. We're not talking about our large lad, Brad, the protagonist no, uh, right. of the of the dramatic film, because in our next <laughs> scene, Brad sees no billboards because he's driving around like rural back roads. Right, yes. right, right. Yeah, it gets sort of suburban when he gets to his friend's house that yeah. he doesn't go into. In the Pacific Northwest? Question yeah, mark? Yeah. Like, where is this? I was assuming that maybe, you know, they traveled out to Gettysburg and then they just shot everything sure. out there because I'm pretty sure because we see one of the bands too when they're doing the little this this movie gets interrupted by bands <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, just, just cut in it's just like hey <laughs> who are like treated as like local expert like every time yeah, a band yeah. is like talking or we're like watching oh my god the band music video yes <laughs> so good. when they went to the amusement park like we're for some reason we're at an amusement park with yep. a band and they're yep. getting old timey photos <laughs> so good it's like nothing screams christianity like grown-ass men doing an activity that I thought was exciting in third grade. Don't get me wrong, I still fuck with old-timey photos. I still fuck like, with amusement parks. Oh, totally. Give me a roller coaster anytime. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> tuck away all of my old <laughs> film cameras. And yeah, but the difference, say, literally staring at them on the, the wall. The difference, Josh, is you or I would never make a music video about the amusement park. We Wouldn't would I, just though? go and put it on Instagram and mind our damn business. But I was saying this is probably Gettysburg because there is hmm. one clip where they're walking through a graveyard and there's a bunch of Confederate flags on the graves. <gasps> Oh, how did I miss that? <laughs> Jesus Confederate Christ. Confederate battle flag and like a flag for the Confederate States of America. Like Absolutely. the national flag. Just unbelievably and good. And also a current American flag? Or is there, are they not even I progressive enough to accept that? I not see any of those in that particular graveyard, no. That's wild. But I do love these intercuts with the band stuff, right? Because mm -hmm. it really is... This is only an hour long movie that contains yeah. like five different movies within it. Yeah. And they just keep throwing <laughs> the genre. It's bizarre. <laughs> and it's 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 almost like the people who created it were like, hey, I saw this thing that we did. What if we put that in there? Like this is the, you know, uh, hey, I'm Justin Timberlake and you're watching TRL on MTV. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's that. But they decided yeah. to take it and put it into this movie instead because that's what the kids are doing, I guess. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And they, yeah, they and they they do the old timey film filter that's really flickering yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, they keep jump scaring you throughout this whole <laughs> fucking thing. You know, it's a good thing AJ didn't have to watch this actually. <laughs> oh no, I'm so mad. <laughs> I love subjecting him to this shit. But yeah, then we're in, we're in the library yes. and we meet Kevin and yes. Kevin Fox. Kevin Fox. Kevin, Kevin is Fox. so good. Yeah, Laura, can you describe Kevin for us? Okay. <laughs> Kevin is a a friendly fatty who like just wants to share his porn resources with his right, friends. Right, right. That is his crime. He's like, hey man, we got some fresh magazines. Because <laughs> we're in the air. Again, like, it's so fucking anachronistic. We're it's gonna like, get together and look at magazines. God bless. Just um, have a little J.O. session with the bros. And this is also, and to be fair, I mean, this is harkening back to like the era that I came up where like, we didn't have the internet, like the internet was not a place where right, you watched right, videos right. yet. If anything, we just went to aim chat rooms and like learned about sex that way yeah, yeah. by it, saying all the wrong things like <laughs> boobies is bags of sand. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, had, I knew that boobies weren't bags of sand, but it was that kind of thing. It was probably just two 12 year olds talking to each other. One of them's pretending to be a 45 year old French yeah, artist right, and one right, of them's right. pretending to be a 15 year old you, you, hot blonde. You wouldn't have subjected yourself to that kind of temptation if you had merely read Every Young Woman's Battle, which has multiple chapters about the dangers of internet chat rooms. Yeah. Really? See, there you go. Because it was oh, the first, God. it was one of the first ways that we just got the sweet so, taste mm-hmm, of sex before yeah. we could get anywhere else. But yeah, so our friend, what's his, sorry, Kevin? Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, um, he's like, we got some, some magazines even better than the last one. Right. Here's a website. He writes down a website on World Wide Web. He writes down www. We don't see the website. I was like, give me the fucking website. Like, where are we going? In 1993 Kevin's got the good shit. Yeah. And then he's like, one of the magazines even has that platinum. You like? He's very much objectifying mm-hmm, women. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I don't love about Kevin is he's like, I gotta pay my respects yeah. to the front desk. <laughs> pay respects at one point. Yeah. Like, to pay respects. He goes to the library to pick up chicks. Yeah. He's like, I don't come here for because like, there's what the line like, is I, like. Kevin, what are you doing in the library? I thought you were allergic to books. <laughs> I don't come here for the books, man. I come here for the chicks. <laughs> See that blonde working the front desk? <laughs> She's so hot, I'm surprised she hasn't set up a sprinkler system like that. You're goddamn right, Kevin. Anyways, I came by to invite you to my place later tonight. My parents are gone for the weekend, and I got the place all to myself. This man has never pronounced a consonant in his life. Zook, he's bringing some of those new videos. (laughs) You know what kind of videos he specializes in. He says these are hotter than ones we saw last month. And one (laughs) even has that platinum gal you like so very much. Oh, yeah. You gotta check out this website. There Dave it is. There's the website. <laughs> He's fucking... Anyway. Cutting edge. I gotta yeah. go pick up some munchies and uh, special buzz juice. <laughs> special <laughs> buzz juice. I forgot about that. He's picking up four locos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin's really into lean. Everything he says is <laughs> sinful. Like, he can't just be getting a snack. He has to be getting a munchie. Yeah. Right. Presumably this dude can't get weed. Like, he doesn't yeah, know what he's no. fucking well, doing. Well, it's also that thing of, like, and we've talked about this, how you can't actually say what the thing is for fear of offending the people who are watching even it. So you can't though, say Even though it's point. being depicted as a bad boy, he can't be like, yeah. I gotta go get some booze. Get some booze and you weed. Like, you can't say that. Book and this video juice. is like, okay, brothers, we're gonna sit down and have a frank talk. Right. You ever jerked off to pornography? Well, God hates it. Uh, <laughs> but like when they do the dramatic thing, he's like, I got some videos, they're real hot. They have a platinum in it. And it's like, you know what? 
Kevin, this is the thing. We were calling you a king, but real kings do treat women like human beings. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. and you got a lot of learning to do. I, yeah. And I love that later we do see him drinking his special buzz juice. It's just IBC root beer. Because, <laughs> like, the production couldn't bring itself to buying, like, a can of Budweiser. Is it literally for IBC? The shoot. I think it I is just... IBC root oh beer. God. 100%. Is that, is that a Colorado thing? IBC? or uh, Do we have IBC in Colorado? I definitely had it in my youth, but I also lived on the East Coast, so sure. I can't remember. If it was, I think we it's have certainly, it. It's certainly in New Mexico, yeah. Okay. Okay. If you know IBC root beer, I feel like I know IBC root beer because it's the same region. They we used to be at <laughs> Furs. See, we the didn't famous have... buffet chain in the Mountain West. See, we I didn't mean, have that in Michigan. Like something else, if I may say so. Hey. We, were too, <laughs> we, we were too busy drinking Fago. Anyway. Yeah, you were. That way, were. I don't know. Yeah, that of course is, we don't. Is you it wouldn't. Christian? No, it's <laughs> Midwestern. It's, it's, it's pure Might Michigan slash also insane clown posse. Yeah, it is what it's connected with. It is the drink of juggalos it's yeah. the discount you know it's like the um dr thunder or yeah. sam's club soda you know the it's it's the non-branded midwestern soda. although in many cases it. it's actually better than the branded alternatives but yeah but, well i mean okay. look sometimes you want an rc or a shasta like it does Phillips. you know it, it's yeah. got its own uh Let's benefits talk more about sodas everybody have, everybody yeah, have yeah, blue yeah, sky yeah. soda in your life <laughs> what? Blue sky? yeah it was a sort Is of that like, a montana thing i've had I think Pepsi it's, a, it's in colorado i'm surprised oh, you didn't see it in yeah, new mexico no. but it's like its own brand mm. um that of like root beers and things sure it's like maybe supposed to be kind of natural so that's why i think i had it in my life because my mom was like it's still sugar but it's yeah, better yeah, yeah. Sugar. oh my god grand rapids and its micro breweries <laughs> there was a fucking restaurant i think it was electric cheetah yeah. in grand rapids had a rotating list of micro brew root beers oh wow, wow. that's dedication that's <laughs> the sweet. most fucking hipster town in, in I, all of creation it, it, it used to be so uncool and now it's also uncool but in the opposite direction it's trying so cool. hard yeah, yeah. Hmm. i want to pull it back to every young man's battle here specifically the piece about like whether or not you are allowed to talk about things explicitly yeah, yeah. to your point about like candor and you know uh, Eb. And, yep, there we go. <laughs> you just beat me. Guys, I gotta go. We can't, we gotta keep this porny. We can't have a musical theater joke snuck into Can't the mix. turn Eb or porny. Yeah, you've seen Chicago. Yeah. That, fair, fair, fair. That, that tempted my <laughs> constitution. <laughs> Did you stumble? Did you stumble, stumble. Josh? Great. Yeah. Now, I know that some of you boys, you're going out there, you're watching Bob Fosse musicals. <laughs> You're getting real excited. You're, You're saying, oh, that, ladies that, Gwen Verdon, that Gwen Verdon, that Sally Field. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, Gwen Verdon is trying to, you know, bring the devil into yeah. your life. Super duper. Yeah. Um, but what's so interesting about the book, and this mm -hmm. is a difference between the book and the movie, the movie stays very um, deliberately nonspecific, yeah. whereas the book... Again, I think it's just because Fred is a real fucking freak. Yeah. It just gets very specific every once in a while. There is Fred's whole life story about like how many pornos he bought and like. Oh there's my this God. one thing in here that is literally just straight erotica, and I want to read it because of how fucking weird it was. So it says, uh, this is talking about men, you know, visual sexual gratification is a form of sex for men as males, blah, blah, blah. Alex remembers the time he was watching TV with his sister-in-law. Oh, boy. <laughs> the rest of the family was at the mall. Yeah. She was lying flat on her stomach on the floor in front of me, wearing tight shorts, and she'd fallen asleep watching TV. I was on the chair, and I happened to look down and see her upper thigh and a trace of her underwear. I tried to ignore it, but my heart started racing a little, and my eyes kept looking at the back of her upper thigh got so exciting that I began to stare and get really excited. I had to release it somehow. 
I masturbated no. while she slept right out in the open. God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's definitely the beginning of a lot of porn I've watched. Oh, you I, know, I, like wow. she. What happens next is she wakes up. She and wakes she's up, like, right? Oh, yeah. What, what are you fuck? doing, step bro? <laughs> yeah. And then no, exactly. she's like, oh, but maybe. And then right. you know, they mm -hmm. fuck. Mm -hmm. um, not step bro in this case, brother in law, brother -in -law sister in law. But, but that's close enough. You know, the taboo is there. It's Wait, that, that was. I, I it is this really passage. weird game that it plays. Yeah, where it's like sometimes you can be explicit, sometimes you can't. Yeah, and and it's like where where am I supposed to be here? How honest can I be about my feelings and what yeah. I'm thinking? And it just never comes down any particular way on this. I feel like. Yeah, it kind of does the work for you of being like, have you ever sinned in any sexual way? And we give you, we like bury into the list of like, you wear the wrong clothes, you think about, so, you know, like it's any, any, like what did the, the, our indoctrinated woman say where she was like, it really redefined sexual sin for me in a helpful yeah. way. And yeah. that sexual sin is like any fulfillment sexually that isn't from your spouse. Right. Any whatsoever. Right. They define that. They're like, did you think you weren't sinning? You are. Mm -hmm. Come join yeah. our cult. And you're supposed to hold off. You cannot do it until you get married, but you're not supposed to get married for it. No. Which, yeah. like, if you don't let it happen at all before you're married, that's what's going to happen. It's going to cloud your judgment. And then if you're sexually disappointed, you're going to have to just suck it Deal up. Deal with it, especially yeah. if you're a woman. Like, a big part of every uh, woman's battle, the one written for adult women, is about how, like... If you're I'm not fully this. sexually satisfied, it's just because you don't love your husband enough. So yeah. like you just have to suck it up and deal. It turns out you Only... were just incompatible right. and yeah. didn't know it. And now you're shackled to each other for the rest of your life. Yeah, Or because only eight to 20 percent of women come from penetrative sex yep. and yep. they're not teaching men about the clit in this well, fucking industrial video. I learned <laughs> again, just things I learned from reading these books are like helpful pieces of information. Forklift safety. <laughs> When operating a forklift, don't jack off when the joggers run by. It turns out, though, that um, masturbation, if you're a woman, is wrong because mm. it's going to make your husband less likely to be sexually satisfied when he has sex with you. Because if he can't make you come and you're making yourself come, that's going to make him feel bad. Inferior, yeah. Uh, he should feel inferior. He yeah, has to figure my fucking own, clit out. That, that sounds like a man having to figure out his own problems. <laughs> Which would be every man's battle, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm happy to show him. I'll give yeah. him the tutorial. <laughs> the but weird... he can take his fucking feelings of inferiority and check him at the door. One of the most <laughs> insane things in this book is actually towards the beginning when they're describing why why does your sexual desire not line up with how you're supposed to live? Mm. Well, it's because you were supposed to get married when you were 15, like all old societies did, which is A, not actually all that accurate and be Terrifying. insane yeah. <laughs> it's like so there not too many decades ago guys were married off about the same age you were when you took your driver's test taking a wife at age 16 had to help the old hormones what but that was a different time and a different era that's just saying the same thing twice and getting married <laughs> at 16 today is no more realistic than beating shaquille o'neal in a game of one-on-one -on -one. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> well, obviously, they never talked to Aaron Carter about that. A couple years ago, or sorry, a couple of hundred years there? ago. I'd be track. Yeah. 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 Uh, teenagers who married continued to work on the family farms or in the family trade. People in those days saw no distinction between the teen years and the adult years. Young people grew up quickly in those days because they had to. You weren't given a year to go backpacking through Europe. 
and you knew that the decisions you made today would affect your tomorrows. Back then, men were men and women were women. <laughs> You're supposed to be on the farm. <laughs> Likewise, the Bible doesn't refer to the teen or adolescent years as we think of them. Once you've reached 13 years or so, God considered you a man. We need to bring back bar mitzvahs for Christian boys. You were treated in that manner by your parents and by your elders. We've lost this mindset and it's killing our purity. The, so are we supposed to bring back the mindset? We're supposed to bring back the child brides. I, this I is, yeah, this gets dicey immediately. I, like I get very concerned for like the consent of like child brides feels like just a stone uh-huh. throw away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, and I also think what's interesting too is that you don't get any of this in the documentary. No. All yeah. of this is stuff that is in the book specifically. And I know, Laura, you didn't read the book as part of the prep for this. And now you're yeah. probably glad that you didn't. <laughs> I, but I'd be curious to hear. Didn't want to resort to violence. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but I'd be curious to hear, like, based on this and the stuff that you're hearing, does this add additional context to the stuff that you saw in the movie? Or is this just all one big and co mess? I mean, it all tracks as as just like going deeper down the rabbit hole. Like, I think the movie makes sense in the way that it stands alone, because like I said, it's clearly just an ad for the book. Like they're they're cross franchising here. Yeah. And it it's trying so hard to just be cool and be like, come be cool like this guy with his motorcycle who <laughs> declines porn. You know, like it's it's the commercial for the indoctrination. Right. So like it's not going to go as deep because they want to grab your interest rather right. than you clicking over to watch your porn instead, which is literally what I did after I watched it. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I was Just like, so mad. You're like, I got to jack off. <laughs> like, I got to subscribe to a new porn producer just to stick it to you. Just to show who's boss. <laughs> That's funny. Once we get past the uh, drama, mm-hmm. uh, sadly, yeah. we're, we're not going to, we're not going to see our friends Brad and Kevin for a while. Yeah, yeah they kind of go away and then you're like, oh yeah, there's a story. <laughs> which is sort of a bummer. Like, I, I thought don't know it was going to have but... more twists and turns, but yeah. it's really just two beats. You yeah, know? it is. Like, it's temptation hey, we and then look turning at some down pornos, the pornos, And then he's like, I'm not going to look at pornos. He briefly does. We see a picture of a red, <laughs> a red high heel and a calf. Yeah, that's cool. And then he and goes, that's already ah, too much. And he hits escape. Like, um, <laughs> but at this point in the documentary, we finally meet the guy who we've already been talking about quite a bit. Yeah. Fred Stoker. He's the other host of this documentary. He is the other author of the book. Uh, and he is a certified fucking freak. Yeah. Eight days a week. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fred comes in and tells us about uh, how the secular culture is something that we're fighting here. Like the secular culture is what makes girls jog by in bikinis, I bikinis. guess. Bikinis? Who's jogging in a bikini? I think he just doesn't know what a bikini is. Or when you go down to the beach to yeah. buy the joggers. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Like, and, and, you and, might get lucky and see one jogging. It yeah. might sound like we're exaggerating this fucking jogger shit. I it's promise wrong. you, he I'm not. keeps coming back. That's the number one thing in the book. The number one temptation for him is always our beautiful joggers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is haunting. Something about that, I'm like, it's, is he a fucking serial killer? It's extremely killer? Ted Bundy. Yeah. Uh, which, we'll get to that later. Oh God. Yeah, this whole thing, this whole book series, this whole movie to a lesser degree, but like this is just a window into the searing, horrible psyche of like three dudes. Yes. Yes, exactly. And just their own relationships, like with what they consider their addictions. Yeah. You know? And the way that this like flattens out women completely mm-hmm. as like people with agency or 
yeah. like personalities like, or Dude, souls. Dude, your crime isn't knowing what time the new porno mag drops right. and wanting to show up to buy it because that's the detail he gives. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I knew when the new ones were coming in, and I was like, like any comic book fan, like right. anyone yeah. waiting for <laughs> a movie gets to come a magazine, out, like, yeah. that just sounds like human behavior. Yeah. He's a Marvel guy, but, but for penthouse. But he's, he's marrying three different women. Right. And I'm like, this is just about lies and deception, Deceit, dude. Exactly. Yeah, it's like you are a bad guy being deceptive, being um, And it's not because you're fucking horny. Yeah. Like, no. You could be horny with one of the women you're sleeping with. Like, you have another issue, bud. Like, yeah, you're it's selfish. Around, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's, you're a bad dude. Yeah, yes. you're deceptive. You're greedy, clearly, and a liar. And I would point to those as like larger concerns and, and his than journey just to, having a sex drive. Yeah, his journey to sexual purity does not ever bring him to a point of just like understanding the dignity of the other person sitting across from him. Right. Yeah. It's just like women are put here. They have a purpose. They, they, they mm-hmm. have a purpose that I have to figure out how they fit into this machine of my life. Yeah. So I guess this is maybe where we'll get into Josh's personal corner. Um, <laughs> you know, I read this book. I didn't watch the documentary. What, was this assigned to you, Josh? No, I, it okay. was just one of those that I picked up, you know, um, cause you the, were fighting a battle. I was fighting every young man's <laughs> battle at the time. Uh, not very much from this book actually stuck with me. Like when I went back and reread it, I was like, I remember almost none of this. Yeah. What I do remember was the piece about how men are visually oriented hmm. and women are emotionally oriented. And I've never had an emotion in my life. Well, same. Because <laughs> um, of my balls. <laughs> <laughs> but what I remember feeling at that point, uh, and something that I think I still carry with me a little bit, is this sense of, wait, what do you mean having emotions about, like, and wanting to fantasize about having a relationship with somebody who is attractive? What the fuck do you mean that's an exclusively female thing? Yeah. <laughs> also, like, if women aren't visually oriented, then does that mean that my only value comes from my ability to, like, fucking provide emotional support or whatever? Mm-hmm. Does that mean that women will never, like, see my body and, like, want it? Yeah, the whole thing's very rote, right? Like, that yeah. detail of it is very, like, men are from Mars and women are from Venus and, mm-hmm. like, very... I mean, that bleeds into greater society because mm-hmm. i've heard the like men are men are very visually stimulated right. or women are emotionally stimulated yeah. and i'm like the reason for that is like psychologically motivated around power dynamics of course mm-hmm. and has nothing to do scientifically with like whether a woman or a person with a vulva can like look at an image and be aroused right uh it has to do with fucking safety and consent of course mm-hmm. like when i say i need to be emotionally invested in something to like have a good sexual time that has to do with my sexual trust in mm-hmm. a situation and not to do with how my sex organ is, is set up, you know? Right. And it's also not to do with, like, when you say emotional trust, I assume it's like, I trust that this is a person who I can, on a very basic level, like, know is going to be, uh, treat me in a way that is safe to me, my needs and my boundaries, as opposed to what this is saying, which is like, you know, in order for a woman to really want to be with a man, she has to trust everything about him. She has to like yeah. be head over heels and imagining a whole future with him. And it's like, yeah, that's well, not real. The only way I'm allowed to be a sexual creature is was with the permission of men and right. that's under the patriarchal construct of like, I'm not allowed to just be a sexual creature in my own way. It has to be under the structure of like, you are marrying this person. Yes. So when mm-hmm. I'm emotionally motivated, it's like around an entire life commitment 
as opposed to just like, am I attracted to this person and and can I be safe with them that way? Yeah, it's multi-layered, basically. A big part of it, too, was grappling with this question of, well, am I desirable? Like, what does it mean to be desirable? Yeah. If the whole point of desire is simply to propagate uh, (laughs) long-term, lasting, lifelong marriages and you only get one shot. Yeah. What does it even mean to be desired in that context? And so I felt particularly because of my own like struggles with my body and like where I was at feeling like, well, and inadequacy according to the terms of this book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not okay to want to just be looked at and desired. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be something bigger. It's got to be something more consequential. Yeah. Um, And And there's something you get when you look at like a book like this and it's like, well, men are like this. This is how it is. And you're like, well, I'm. What if I don't I'm, fit into I'm not that? Like that. How so what am I? To this? Yeah. yeah. The other thing, this is a another angle in their argument that I found kind of fascinating, similar to like dare and like drug mm-hmm. stuff. Like you do this, your life is going to fall apart. Right. If you become addicted to opiates, yeah, it's going to fuck your life up. Yes. Like you're like, there's literally like physical consequences to that nature of addiction. But here, the only argument they can make is like your life is going to fall apart because like what's the guy whose family isn't talking to him anymore? Yeah, right, right, right. But it's he, all he eventually the ended up prostituting himself. And it's yeah. like, well, this is, like, that's not because he was watching videos on the internet <laughs> yeah. reading magazines. Something else is going on here. Yeah. We're missing information. Yeah, that's yeah. because addiction is enhanced by isolation. Right. So like the threat is like you are going to use your community. The implication being like your Christian community, your family is going to reject you. Your Marriage is going to fall apart. Yeah. I'm like only because someone told that wife that porn is bad mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's a perfectly other available option over here, which is that you watch porn together and nobody's fucking life falls apart. Right. And they even so. mentioned that in his story, he's like, yeah, I would watch porn with, with sexual partners. And then the book even goes into like the realm of mutual masturbation. Right. And, and what does Danger. the book feel about that? I mean, I'm going to guess that the book says that's a sexual sin, but what I'm curious about, and this even goes back to yeah. our thing we pre- briefly touched on about like progress and things like mm-hmm. Christianity having to sort of catch up to the rest of society and being a decade behind on all things like pop cultural, let alone progressive mm-hmm. like politics. But like, I would argue that now, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but like mutual ma- masturbation is presented as like an option instead of sex, that they're like moving the, the goalpost. Maybe you can mm. masturbate. Like, do you so feel the, like that needle, book, like yeah. that goalpost is moved within uh, the modern not, Christian not community? Not within, not I among think, these people. I think no. purity okay. culture has remained very staunchly. There are no exceptions. Yes. Oh, interesting. Um, they frame it too as like a matter of education. It's like some people think, well, okay, as long as we're not having PIV, it's going to be fine. They bring that up in the movie. Yeah, that was one of the um, big, like, crucial revelations of the movie. Yeah, was but like, the literature. I thought it was, like, yeah. I could do whatever I wanted except sex. What I learned is that it's all sinful. Yeah, right. but what the literature always says is like, no, 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 there are no exceptions. If you come, yeah. you, 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 you fucked you it up. You blew it. Which I'm is coming. why you have to be, like, against. <laughs> I, I'm coming. There it is. <laughs> Which is why you have to be against, like, the idea of just, like, masturbating even if right. you're not watching porn even if you're just like at if home you literally by yourself brush against your own dick and oh yeah. no you've got a boner yeah well yeah. And, and again like this <laughs> a is jogger happens to be <laughs> in your neighborhood not the jogger they fucking play the air raid siren or whatever like on like before shabbat in jewish neighborhoods um no so the core argument here and we do hear this a little bit in the documentary is that as designed by God, yeah, the natural sex drive 
is the one that leads to procreation in the loving context of a relationship between husband and wife. And once husband and wife are joined in one flesh, first of all, all of the stigma that you may have about sex is going to immediately disappear. It's going to be great. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, no way are you going to have issues there. It's going no. to be a holy experience. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> um, and two, if you basically fan the flames of lust outside of that context, your sex drive is going to become larger than it otherwise would be. And that's what causes yeah. it to sort of take over your otherwise rational mind. We hear in the movie at one point an analogy. And the analogy that is given <laughs> is about a sumo. The sumo chapter is the thing I remember most distinctly. Um, we but You read this growing up too? I did not read the whole book. Okay. I read pieces of it because it was in the school library and other students were assigned it. There was this uh, worldviews class. No, 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 it was a doctrine class. Worldviews is one that I took. And doctrine class, my school was started by, you know, Calvinists and it was sort of reformed in that it was associated with the Christian Reformed Church and stuff like that. But it was yeah. largely kind of not within a denomination. Yeah. And so they hired teachers who were part of other denominations, including this one really fucking wild dude Hell yeah. who believed that like all mental illnesses were demons. Uh, I won't say his real name. We called him Waldo because he looked like where's Waldo. And <laughs> he made people read this book. And he also made them watch the documentary series. They sold their souls for rock and roll. Real cool guy. <laughs> so so I knew a lot of people who were reading it at the time. And I thought, well, I should read some of this. And I thought it was the funniest shit in the world, even though I don't think I really had a good picture on mm. the fact that I was bisexual at that point in time. Sure. I still understood that I was not fitting into the categories as mm. they were being assigned. Right. In this kind of stuff, which for me wasn't all that directly harmful at least at the point that i started reading this book it was just very very funny sure and the chapter that i think is the funniest one is this sumo chapter yeah so um i've got the i've got the the excerpt up now and i'm just gonna read a little bit yeah. um okay. warning this is problematic um i'm just gonna say it. this is uh this is not great yes <clears throat> from a like body's perspective um, from like a racist from a... perspective oh, yeah. well not racist as, from a xenoph <laughs> from a xenophobic <laughs> perspective there's, there's some appropriation happening <laughs> this is cultural here, insensitivity sure. but yeah. also yeah. like i don't think has a um, accurate depiction of like how obesity works. No, correct. <laughs> like, uh, it's problematic on a number of levels. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure this is Fred because again, like he just has a way of writing that's just so fucking weird. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. Steve is a bit more detached and clinical. Mm. Uh, Fred clearly has a vibrant imagination. Hence, the, you know, jogging <laughs> women and things of that nature. Yeah. Have you ever been channel surfing and seen two Japanese sumo wrestlers going at it inside a small ring? In a sumo wrestling match, two bloated behemoths. First of all, they're not bloated. Have you ever seen a sumo wrestler? This, Those dudes are jacked. This yeah. also reads like erotica. It does. It definitely <laughs> yeah, does. It's like, what's going to happen with oh, these two dudes in the ring here? Just you wait, Laura. Um, Feels like kink.com. Uh, yes, two, two bloated behemoths dressed in loincloth diapers. Gross. Grab each other's arms and ram shoulders until one gets knocked out of the ring. Well... Picture your battle with masturbation as being like a sumo match. You're on one side of the ring and your overgrown bloated opponent, known as Mr. Sex Drive, uh. is on the other. If you knock Mr. Sex Drive out of the ring, you don't have to masturbate. If Mr. Sex Drive <laughs> knocks you out of the ring, you do have to masturbate. You're standing just inside the ring, wearing that silly white thong with your arms crossed and your gritted teeth bared. 
So detailed. With, with piercing <laughs> eyes, you snarl at Mr. Sex Drive to leave you alone. Oh my God, when are they going to fuck? Mr. Sex Drive, bloated by a million meals of lust and fantasy, yawns and looks at his watch. Then, appearing quite bored... Wouldn't he, wear a watch in the ring. He waddles over <laughs> your safe. way. Without bothering to lock arms with you in battle, he merely swings his huge thonged rear and sends you flying against the wall where you dutifully sit down and masturbate on the spot. (laughs) Maybe you do. This is so convoluted it actually misses the point because in the movie it's better summarized. Which is basically that, like, the more you look at porn, the more you feed. Yes, the it gets bigger wrestler. and bigger. We get there yeah. here too. It just like, takes a power, lot longer. Yeah, just say the more like we gain that that sumo wrestler gains power, yeah. and that sumo wrestler. And the tells thing you is, to the sumo wrestler is really powerful in the first place. So like, you can feed him a lot, and he'll just keep getting bigger. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it doesn't like he'll say like, "Oh, I'm so full. Yeah, I, I couldn't possibly eat any more." And then you'd be like, <laughs> "No, Goku, you can absolutely eat more food right now because you're a Saiyan, right. and you're." You're just going to keep getting even larger because of how powerful you are. Right. And he's going to be like, oh, I couldn't eat another uh-huh. bite. And you say, oh, no. And then you feed him even more. And he's like, oh, oh, boy, I couldn't possibly get any more big and perfectly round. Uh-huh. But he can. He, he can. can. He always can. He's Goku. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, Brian, that's, that's Brian's Goku inflation corner. Thank you for teeing me up on that, Josh. This is a recurring bit, uh, Laura. Okay. That's okay. Goku in our episode about the um, musical 1776. Oh, uh, <laughs> a lot of musical references today. Love it, Brian. When I yeah. read this bit, and it was like it's a Japanese man who keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and keeps getting fed. I was like, did they write this for us? <laughs> <laughs> All it needs is like a chapter about horses. It's it's so bizarre. It's so racist. It, it, but you have to like also understand this book comes from like public speakers. These are guys mm. who are motivational speakers. And so they'll go around to high schoolers and they'll be like, yeah, think about your sex drive as like a big fat man. You don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. That's hilarious right. to think of. Right. Yeah. And so they want this to be grotesque they want you to be really fucking disgusted yeah by the sumo wrestler right. so that you and so that when you think about jacking off you're feeding yeah, as yeah. opposed to something you're like nobly vanquishing it's yeah. also yeah. like this is very much beside the point but yes. like you could use so much better of an analogy for this mm. because like sumo wrestlers again they are fucking jacked yeah they are toned they, they are athletic anywhere man they're they, they have a very even stance. <laughs> like, they wouldn't say this shit about a football lineman. No. The, yeah. the, the way they talk about football is in worshipful terms. Do we want to yes. see how they talk about football for a second? I think that's a great segue to our football stuff. Yeah. yeah. We're going to take a football analogy, but we're going we're to apply it to the game of life. And a lot of times we call this the sucker play. And the reason it's a sucker hmm. is because you get drawn in a... He writes uh, sucker on the whiteboard. Of Satan's devices. You get drawn in unawares. It happens to you, and you don't even know it, it's happening to you. Sure, well, okay. A sucker is not a guy that, that trips and falls down. Oh, really? A sucker is Ugh. a guy who trips and falls down and continues to trip and fall down at the same place over and over day. and over again at the glory hole. <laughs> and start out with a good double team right here. Oh, double team. He's all of a sudden not going to block him, but is going to slip down inside. Oh, slip. He's going to oh. pull the guard from oh. the backside, and he's going to come along oh. and blast that guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
holes for the running back to be able to run through. Tear a hole, blast that guy, blast slip down that in the guy. backside. Wow. Um, uh, Laura, ooh. immediate reactions. Aroused. <laughs> ready. Ripe and ready. Boy, oh, I also like... When we f- found our way into the scene, I must have like looked away from my laptop for thirty mm. seconds, and then just came back and be like, "Who are these boys?" <laughs> like, yeah, There's a lot school? of a lot like, of reactions shots of very yes. hard faced young men, yeah, who probably already have gotten like two concussions, yeah, learning about how jacking off is just like the play they just did, yeah. It was it was pretty wild. <laughs> it's hard to wrap my head around, but a great use of metaphor, to be fair. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> fun fact about this guy, Dave Dobernmeyer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still like still at it. At he's it. still. Yeah. This is still his job. This is still who he is to the world. And really, his thing, I don't think, is so Does much. Does he coach football? No, he's a former football coach. That's his whole deal. Yeah. He's kind of like that one freak uh, who. In the Supreme Court case. The guy in Bremerton. In Bremerton. Yeah. Like conservative Christians love a former high school football coach. This was a Supreme Court case where basically the guy would go to the 50 yard line yeah. and do a solo single solitary prayer or whatever. Yeah. That basically With ended up the be- whole team publicly. Sure. Yeah. I guess you could have said, no, I'm going to sit on the bench. That's not going to go well for you. Like this yeah, is absolutely infringing yeah. on your rights. And the school was like, this needs to. Stop. This went all the way to Supreme Court. And because our Supreme Court is super legitimate and they're just calling balls and strikes, you know, uh, they ruled in favor of this fucking coach. And what's really funny, too, is that he still hasn't gone back to his job. He doesn't want yeah, that. Yeah, he gets to have his job back, but now he can do the, he, like, he, he, talk, he just, tour, like, talk tours. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and it. it's, again, it's the same thing as this. Um, I do have to say one more thing about yes. Bremerton, Washington. Yes, please. I went on a mission trip there. Mm. So, well, mission accomplished. Great job. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, buddy. Um, but this we brought Jesus to Bremerton. <laughs> you are directly responsible for that Supreme Court case. Yeah. None of those people had heard of Christ before First Baptist Church Gallup, New Mexico got up there. <laughs> but if you search for this Dobermeyer guy who, again, in this video is just screaming somewhat incoherently about yeah. getting double teamed and blasting guys. <laughs> um, you will find a guy with an extensive series of back credits on the uh, people for the American ways, right wing tracker project. Yeah. Like he's just yeah. one of those guys who goes out there and records videos and releases yeah, them like big, every big fucking anti-vax day. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Because here's the thing about these guys. They just stay doing the same thing mm-hmm, forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The culture that surrounds them has stayed the same forever. Yeah. And none of this is any different than it was 20 years ago. The only yeah. difference is the amount of purchase that they now have in the broader culture due to things like that reactionary yeah. Supreme Court decision. Penguin Random House publishes the Every Young Man's Battle, the, the, the extended universe. Oh, hell yeah. And they just republish it every few years. They update it. Wow. So that, I don't know, they talk about magazines less or something. They probably talk about joggers the exact same amount. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe they change the Forrest Gump joggers reference. Ain't going to joggers nowhere, joggers never change. The internet isn't going to do anything to joggers. We're always going to have joggers, okay? <laughs> it's not a business you can drive out. <laughs> maybe you're looking at these girls on their Pelotons in bikinis. I'm just imagining now a guy who makes it his entire life's work to like ban sports bras like he even gets more specific where it's like you can jog but I don't want to have to look at those boobies like sports bras not okay 
bikinis are chill. Oh, bikinis are definitely chill. And we love running around in a bikini, don't we, folks? Yeah, Yeah. we all do. I do. So whether we're talking bikinis, sports bras, or really (laughs) anything else, um, I'm I'm sure that by now, dear listener, you have felt this steadfast desire to sort of gird your loins in this Mm. battle. You, too, are looking to fight every young man's battle. So when we get back together, we're going to learn some tips, some tricks, and ways that you yourself can guard your heart. So stay tuned for that. Thursday, May 6, 2004. Dear Diary, Weird day. I was sitting in the library reading Animorphs and got interrupted by a roaring engine. I look out the window and this guy rolls up on a Yamaha motorcycle. He takes his helmet off and he has the most adorable shock of red hair. The kind of hair I could just run my fingers through all day. And then he came through the door and I just couldn't stop staring. Suddenly, he looked my way, we locked eyes, and I felt myself just dart out of my seat straight out the door and right past him. Why do I always do this? Anyway, I left my book behind, so I'm going to go back to the library again tomorrow to pick it up. Monday, May 10, 2004. I went to the library every day over the weekend, and of course he never showed up. Oh well, at least I finished Animorphs. I also asked Christine if she'd ever seen that guy before. She hadn't, but she promised to keep an eye out for him. Oh, she's so great. Not a lot of people know about me, but I knew I could tell her right away when I first met her back during freshman year. Something about librarians, I guess? (laughs) I just respect them. Wednesday, May 12, 2004. We made contact. Christine texted me yesterday to let me know that the motorcycle guy had come back right after I left. His name's Brad, she said, and he came back again at the same time on Tuesday. So I showed up today, casually. Brad was over at a table, taking notes about World War II. I just walked up, like an idiot, and said, hey. He looked at me and smiled right away. I melted. And then I got scared. I, uh, I have some resources, I said. What are you talking about, he asked. Like, you know, and here I panicked. Girls? He looked me up and down. Uh-huh. Girls. No, 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 I- I'm sorry. I mean, like, videos? I like, you know, the-, the boys and I. We like to hang out. We have some cool stuff going on. I'm actually having a party on Friday. You could probably come... I'm Kevin, by the way. A party? The boys? Could this be any less plausible? But then he looked into my eyes, and I knew that he knew. I might be interested in that, Kevin, he said. Friday, May 21, 2004. Bundle of nerves. I went back to the library today, did a little moonwalk type move over to Brad's table just to remind him of the party, and then fuck, I hate when I do this. I got scared again. I just started mumbling some bullshit about platinum blondes and buzz juice. Even told him I had to go hit on Christine on my way out. At least she played along. Now I'm just sitting here, staring out the window. I don't know if he's going to show up or not. I don't know why I can't just put myself out there. I wish I could be more strong, more self-assured, more what a guy like Brad might want. I think I see headlights. I'll write more later. So I wanted to go back to a curiosity that we sort of touched on that has to do with like the 
progress of Christian culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the way it lags and how does that look in the sexual space? And I have a personal story to share on this because, okay. so my dad was, went born again. Um, I don't remember the anniversary uh, on purpose, but maybe a decade <laughs> or 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we got into a f- f- fight recently, basically because I came out to him mm. and mm. he found out about my podcast subsequently soon after uh, it was really dicey. <laughs> like somehow, like we got into these horrible back and forth emails. Don't worry, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not traumatized oh, no. as much as not it is. Emails. We do. We do love a 1500 word email, don't you we, know, folks? Like we loved. Like it's me quoting the Bible to my father. <laughs> you know, just like how did we get here? I can quote some problematic sections of the Bible. Like if you don't have testicles, you you can't go to church. You know, like that kind of like yeah. hilarity in the Old Testament King James stuff. Um, but somehow we got into a conversation like oh he was disgusted by analingus because he heard about my podcast Mm. googles it and then one of the first things that comes up (laughs) (laughs) because he doesn't understand how podcasts work is an interview that we did with a punk band um whose youtube handle is come girl eight okay he's like i saw this thing with come girl eight and we were were talking about analingus yeah and he was like disgusting so like in this email back and forth i had to be like first of all i what is come girl eight it was like oh <laughs> so it's like that's not one of the sex workers we've had on like that's not a porn star yeah. i know of like what are we talking about and then we got into like i tried to sort of explain why anal play is a sex act which mm-hmm. is a horrible place to be <laughs> with your straight christian father but like in the queer space this is something that we do it's yeah. quite common and he was like i understand maybe you want to have more things to do, which I was like, that's not how queer sex is. <laughs> we see it the other way around. It's and then like, it was like me being like... My list is so much shorter than the straight stuff. Yeah. Well. And part of what I pointed out was like, you know, do you find cunnilingus disgusting the mm. same way you find... Mm. And he was like, no, I love it. And I was like, why did I bring us here? <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I didn't want the answer. Why did I ask? Yes. But what I would argue is like, which I dropped it because I was like, yeah. how am I arguing about analingus with my father <laughs> right, right now? Right. But arguing like, analingus with my father sounds like the title of an off-off Broadway play, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And I'm working on writing it. I can't wait yeah. to write yes. you to my 50-seat theater one-woman show. Um, Going up soon at Soho Playhouse. But, you know, if you would look at like a, like he is a, pretty bible beating like very i would say extreme christian right yeah Yeah. he's in a place where like yeah within a marriage or i actually honestly think probably not even within a marriage but like on the path to marriage Mm -hmm. he's open to cunnilingus and i'm like if you talk to your kind of christian half a century ago those people weren't eating pussy absolutely so these christians who now have more active sex lives have queer people to thank because yeah. certainly in like American Puritan culture was not eating pussy. Like did yeah. not know that was a thing. That's and it just trickled that's in. That's our thing. That's ours. <laughs> it's cultural appropriation. It's our fucking thing. You You're need not to stop to actually. Good sex at all. <laughs> Frankly, we're succeeding on that front. I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure with our forces combined with shit like. Every man, young man's journey. Oh, yeah. Battle. There's a yeah. lot of bad sex there's, inside of Christian There's a Captain marriages. Planet of tongue stuff. And... <laughs> well, and I feel like the fact that, like, the authors of Every Young Etc.'s battle, at some point they're going to have to adapt and do, like, Every Young They Them's battle. And <laughs> I can't wait for that one. Like, because they are against, like, you and 
your partner sitting next to each other and pleasuring yourselves, their position on oral sex is probably, I mean, it's largely unexplored. So do they talk, yeah, do they talk about that within the the confines of marriage? So, okay. So this is what's interesting, right? They do talk about other sex acts beyond uh, P and V in every young woman's battle, actually, which they don't talk about in every young man's battle. I don't know why that is. I somehow hey, ladies, let's talk about your holes. Yeah, Yeah. it just feels like it's putting the responsibility on the woman, right, to be chased, right, Right. and to be like, "Mm, you can't even do this cheaty thing. Right, he's gonna beg you to suck his dick, right? You fucking can't, right? So in broad strokes, (laughs) strokes, the idea is. You know, if if you are a good godly woman, young Mm -hmm. woman fighting every young woman's battle, um, there will be because of the fact that men are, as we know, visually driven, visually oriented and cannot Mm -hmm. control their primal lusts. They're always going to be pushing your boundaries. Yeah. Now, the reason that you want to have and enforce boundaries is not that it's what you want, of course. Yeah, it's, it's not about your autonomy. No, no. Um, oh, oh and does, does every young man's battle ever mention consent? No. The answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it only mentions consent in the context of every young woman's battle that it's like, you know, God wants you to keep yourself pure for your husband of the future. Therefore, doing anything is over the line. And you might think that it's okay to do stuff, but it's yeah, not. There's no and, loopholes. And yeah. and one thing that actually kind of surprised me is that that includes masturbation. Masturbating on your own, not even with any yeah. sort of like yeah. visual aid or anything like that. Yeah. Touching yourself is, it, well, it's like, it's again, it's like fucking doing the girl version of feeding the sumo. Um, God and kills a kitten every time you masturbate. It's it's yeah. it's it's the fucking Catholic thing. Except every time you kill the kitten, God kills the kitten. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> except that the difference it's is how you pound that pussy. That pussy don't die. <laughs> there isn't the idea, like in Catholicism, of like you know that your body must be that, that there's these physical components oh, yeah. that are godly or whatever. It's not that. It's just if you are too horny then you're not going to be able to be satisfied by your husband of the future. Therefore, you shouldn't even open that door. That's basically how it lands. And the argument is I become less horny by way of masturbation, or does it go back to the argument that you're feeding it? If I learn how to be sexually satisfied on my own, I'm just going to make my husband feel inferior. Ding, ding, ding. That's well, because a woman yeah. can't ever explain well, anything to like, a man. Well, well <laughs> also, if you if you honk off and you find out it's cool, <laughs> you're going to want to do it again. And then you're just going to like your life is going to be taken over right. by honking. Yeah, off. You, you become you become honk. <laughs> <pilled. laughs> Everywhere. The honk runs your life. Yes, you can go over the line. Mm. You discover yourself too much. That impedes your future sexual compatibility because of reasons. And (laughs) you can explain to your husband, like, how to touch you. But that's going to make him feel bad. Right. Because then it's like, well... Are you? Because th- he should just automatically know. He should just know, and and he and because of God, like we should because be of God in the Bible and reason compatible. Exactly. And these books, they have all these books, and none of them fucking tell you. And none of these tell the guys that that there are things they could learn to do. Yeah. And what's also interesting about that point too, Laura, is 
They don't cite the Bible when they're talking about this stuff. No. They don't cite anything. These books are so, and 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 this movie. It's all, not like the Bible has a book of erotic poetry in the Old Testament, <laughs> yes. right? All of this shit is so fucking thin There's no on. illustrations. Yeah. <laughs> citations. Yeah. There's no citations for any of this shit. Yeah. They will make bizarre statements. Like, for instance, that for, um, let, let me find the one real there quick. There was one on citation movie. at the end when they talk about if you like dudes. That was it. Right. Oh, in the movie, did they do that? The movie doesn't happen. There are there are three pages at the end of every young man's battle, and that might have been like second edition or something. Like, oh, maybe you're sexually attracted to men. That has its own footnote. And he who lie with men. Yeah. So what they what they basically say is like, if you're attracted to men, well, you see, people who have been raised in a good home with good heterosexual parents, they have learned that the way to complete themselves is with someone of the opposite sex. So you're gay because someone molested you. <laughs> Every young woman's battle says that as well. Same thing. But it also adds the compounding factor <sighs> that you, uh, that you probably feel a lot of built-in shame. Yeah. And it like implies and that bitterness and bitterness. Bitterness is the buzz. Emotional bitterness, and it doesn't talk about emotional bitterness in every young man's battle. But no, again, just, that's just becoming a faggot. Yeah. As we know, men don't feel emotions, right. and women don't get turned yeah. on by looking at things. The reason, yeah. Laura, the reason that bitterness gets brought up is that bitterness is a sin. Uh, so feeling bitterness about being sexually assaulted in your lifetime. How could you? Is actually committing just as much sin as the person who sexually assaulted you. Those Th are this, value equal sins. Yeah. Well, yeah. All, all sin is all value, sin equal. Is, is value yeah. equal. And Wild. the thing that matters here is that this might ring a bell because this is part of the Bill Gothard curriculum, the homeschool curriculum that the Duggars used. Oh, wow. And of course, oh, their yes, older dude. son okay. was molesting his younger siblings. And he is now currently in, in prison. And he's going to be there for a long ass time. Yeah, well, that's nice. Um, that and part Bill, is a good piece of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and Bill Gothard, who founded that homeschool curriculum, which has all of these units. Like if you find out that your child has been sexually abused by, say, your husband or their uncle or your son, then you can call the company that makes the homeschool curriculum. And they have all this stuff. That's how to talk to your daughter who oh, has been molested. How about not being bitter. not being bitter. Well, it even says here, this is this wow, is from every young woman's battle. Fully triggering. Uh, Bill Gothard <laughs> also <laughs> surprise sexual predator. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was just going to say, like, are these units built in? Like, oh, boy, this, this is as dicey as like yeah. the child bride thing. The, of yes. Like, of, like they've built. And the... they're just like, you should have gotten married at 16. That's the way God made us yeah. is to get and married that, like, at 16. If someone is sexually abused, immediately tell them to get the fuck mm -hmm. over. Yeah, it, basically. And, and also buy my book. Yes. Um, <laughs> even in, in every young woman's battle, it says, and just going to warn people that like this is this is really triggering territory. Yeah. And like, if you don't want to hear about this stuff, please just like skip yeah, over maybe this. The, maybe maybe end of the episode at this point. Uh, we're we're um, getting really but, into um, it, which I like. But yeah. it claims that, and I quote, "Make it your goal to forgive your abuser." That may seem like the last thing in the world that you'd want to do, but it will free you from bitterness. Hurting people hurt people, and most likely your abuser was also abused, and that does not excuse the person or lessen your pain, but understanding the other person's motivation or past experiences can help you forgive. You never know what kind of pain drove your abuser to do the things he or she did or what kind of abuse that person suffered at the hands of someone else. But this is, this is exactly it, right? This is where Christianity has general principles that you're like, oh, there's some value in this. Yes. But mm -hmm. that is the only technique to resolve 
trauma from sexual abuse is deeply problematic. Like the goal of like forgiving your abuser is certainly an element of like much trauma recovery, but that's Mm -hmm. step 15. Yeah. And and this says it's like, this should be your goal. Like from the jump, you you should, you should do it before it happens. Honestly. Yeah. Like forgive your abuser, but like, holy shit. Like, yeah, especially in the case of like a father and uncle, like mm -hmm. we're talking about like trauma in youth or like, and there's no idea of like, Oh, or you're suffering from bitterness because you were robbed or because someone, you know, was murdered or right. anything like that. This only comes up. This only ever comes up in this particular context of being abused, of being molested, of being hurt by uh, an authority figure in a sexual way. That's where it always, always shows up. And and at the drop of the hat, you mention it once and they're like, well, you have to think about forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do that. It's weaponized. Because who's this going to favor? It's going to favor all of the men who are being accused of all it's of this going stuff. Literally, yeah. like, I'm going to write a book to protect myself. Yeah. I'm going to have follow up materials to protect me from the fact that I'm a sexual fucking predator. And I'm going to yeah. weaponize principles that can be beautiful against you so that I don't have to actually face consequences for my actions. Yeah. And all of this so talk clear. about like men, you have to develop <laughs> discipline. You have to develop like this resistance to your lust or anything like that. None of it is about like your responsibility to another human being. No, mm-hmm. none of it is about like you should actually in your sex life learn about the other person that you're having sex with. Yeah. And do the things that are pleasurable to them and make sure that you are not hurting them. Yeah, I was going to say like the the key component missing here, which is basically the only the closest thing to dogma I have in my yeah. life is consent. Yeah. yeah. That's what every argument comes comes back down to. Anytime I'm confronted with something where I'm like, whoa, what's the gray area on this incredibly progressive thing I'm thinking about, you know, is is like, can you demonstrate consent? Can yeah. you de- demonstrate autonomy between both parties or all parties? And there's, n- there, it's so, it's like they, ex- they just went in and just pulled it out. You know, like yeah. they did a very complex work to extract that from the dialogue. Um, That's a really interesting argument laura but i have a counterpoint okay because god's perfect plan is that you enjoy (laughs) sexual intercourse exclusively within marriage uh that's a sentence fragment answering a previous question (laughs) as much as god knows the pleasures of sex and the bonding that can take place when a couple engages in it he also knows the painful consequences of sex outside of marriage physical mental emotional and spiritual consequences that you'll read about throughout this book and he wants to protect you from those Mm. Because everybody's a sub to God. The great yeah. sex you and your husband will enjoy. This is from Every Woman's Battle, by the way. Every Young Woman's Battle uh, will be free from painful consequences or guilt. It just will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just realizing when I did True Love Waits, I got like a necklace, the pendants. That was just my day collar for God. <laughs> <laughs> the ornamental gesture to your fucking master dom. Oh, that Big rules. daddy in the sky. <laughs> It's a big, big house. It's my father's house. <laughs> I feel like we ought to get back on the track of the documentary because that is the thing that we all watch. So, yeah. so you know what that means? We're talking to the troops. <laughs> That's right, Brian. <laughs> We're talking to a guy who like did the My Lai massacre under Colin Powell. Oh, oh man. I, I, so this, this, by the way, is after in the documentary uh, we've had Brad... 
our our, our ginger hero from earlier, oh, yeah, uh, he, go on the computer and almost honk off, but not yeah. quite. <laughs> he typed in a dot com. Yep. He never typed in a dot com. A lady's leg Red came up. A, <laughs> yeah. And a calf. Just think enough. about the work that they had to do in the same way that they couldn't buy a beer and they just had to get some <laughs> IBC root beer for the for uh, Kevin to drink. Yeah. What do you think this picture was? Yeah. Is like it what a picture were they photo? looking at? It's gotta be just a stock photo out, of like, it, like you just search for like but woman with be like a really movie careful. poster for the first wives club like, and we're just seeing the corner of Diane Keaton. Sexy lady swag. with red high heel but she's fully clothed and then you type enter and you're like Ugh. looking through oh, your fingers. Oh. Yeah. And uh, like Kirk Cameron having to use like a stunt mouth to kiss. Like every time Kirk Cameron kisses someone in a movie he just has to have his wife double in for that actress. Wait really? Yes. Oh he does that in Fireproof. Oh let's go dude. So like there's the scene at the end of Fireproof the famous scene from that movie everyone loves. <laughs> Where they're at the fire station and the garage door is open. So you see the light coming in and they're silhouetted as they kiss oh, each other. Bro. That's because that's his actual wife that's and not so the actress good. playing his wife. Wow. Um, they did that in Pen 15 because they're <laughs> yes. it's a slightly different reason. And if you pay attention, it's actually just the partner of Maya and Anna that's like subbed in. And you can see, oh, really? you, look closely, you can see that like Alex needed to shave his stubble. That's funny. <laughs> But again, that's that's a part of the commentary. That's that's they're doing that for the sake of the right. bit. And because yeah. they're adults acting with children. Right. They, yes. Yeah, it would yeah, be a obviously. crime. Going back to we all consent. know that it's not OK to kiss 14 year olds if you're an adult. Um, after uh, Brad has every young man's battle. Yeah. Um, and, and mostly wins it. Actually, he closes yeah, he out fine. the computer. He looks at a picture and closes it. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't do fine. He's he's developing a complex, but <laughs> but he by says, the standards of this book, he's doing fine. Yeah, and you know he says, "Why did I do that? I should have known better coming from Kevin." And it's like, yeah, oh, Kevin, man. the guy who specifically <laughs> told you that he was going to get great new videos to jerk off to. What the fuck did you think this website was, dude? Like, come on now. Um, but yeah, Kevin uh, then calls uh, Brad up to tell him to come to the party. Apparently everybody's waiting for him. They can't start J-O until he <laughs> arrives. But when he shows up to that house, there is no one there. No. It is just Kevin. Very the confusing. The driveway is empty. Like, maybe he did dodge a bullet here and that Kevin was, had some well, other intentions. I think, I think we should dig into that a little later in terms of what we really think the message is about Brad and Kevin's whole deal. But, okay. you know, that, that I just wanted to frame up that yeah. that drama bit happens. We get even more of that football ball guy mm-hmm. he keeps talking about like blasting dudes and double teaming <laughs> and things of that nature yeah, he mostly just him. says it all again it's, so yeah. he it's like, like does a different play but it's kind of the same thing we watch yeah. more tape one guy commits a, a flagrant targeting penalty. He like lowers his helmet and hits the other guy in the helmet. It's awesome. <laughs> Josh, Josh threw a yellow flag out of his pocket right then. But then we do get to this fucking wild yeah. ass shit. I could not believe like, America's generals, you know, colonels. They were, I think they were. Were they both colonels? I don't remember. America's soldiers. I don't know what America's rank soldiers. Is. Big, yeah. big, beautiful boys. But what I do know <laughs> is that when... He had a map. He yes. Drew, he had a fucking... A full-on schematic, yeah. There was like a chart of like defensive and uh, fortifications and it's shit like, like that. This is how we did the highway to hell. Anyway, jacking off is like that. <laughs> Looking at pornos. But yes, we learn from this segment that not jacking off is like being a troop. And we get these pictures of stained glass windows. Yeah. Of, of soldiers. And while we're looking at these soldiers in the church windows. Retired Army officers George Hodge and Tom Schmidt explain how military tactics relate to military- the course of action for victory 
in the battle with pornography and <laughs> sexual temptations. In the military, in tactics, when we have a fight, we really have three major considerations. One of them is what is our mission. Mm. Of course, we have an mission to accomplish, an objective to achieve. The second one of those is mm. who's our enemy. Our first thing we have to like, consider is what are we doing today? <laughs> what are his methods and what are, the, what are the, the, the means that he has available to him? And the third is what are the environment that we're in? Are we fighting at daytime? Are we mm. fighting at night? Are we fighting in harsh weather? Are we fighting in good weather? Good, are good question. These are this all at home, things to consider. at sea. This has nothing to do with putting my <laughs> hand on my genitals. <laughs> yeah, it's so far gone. It's just like... Yeah. I'm literally trying to connect the metaphor. <laughs> well, but this is the problem is you're a woman, and so you don't understand yeah. the inherent masculine connection to the military that every young man has every young when man. he's fighting his battle. Yeah, not yes. me, I guess, because I yeah. sucked a dick. Right. Um, but like, <laughs> Just the one. <laughs> which no one in the army has ever done. No yeah. one's ever yeah, sucked right, a dick. Yeah, right, right. Uh, this. <laughs> it's not literally why glory holes are doing <laughs> <what> they are. <laughs> you know that, right? It has a no. There's a couple theories Part of the glory hole etymology has to do with actual like glass blowing and like furnaces mm -hmm. and like industrial use of glory holes becoming conflated with just like horny laborers <laughs> like in tenement housing, like working together and obviously like poking their dicks into yeah, each you're other. you're sweating, you know. Um, and in the Navy, it all, the Royal Navy, it refers to a place for general untidiness or the steward's mess is referred to oh. as the glory hole. So another huh. case where like mm. a lot of young men are kind of crowded together and like, yeah, 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 let's yeah. say an ocean liner or a submarine of some kind. And uh, something happens, and that found its way into our our common terminology. Very cool. And it's interesting too that they're using this. I mean, it's like it's American history. It's our military history right. that you don't touch yourself. <laughs> yeah, and like they're kind of not wrong because we didn't really start developing a whole lot of ideas about masturbation as a bad thing until like the 18th century. It was an Enlightenment idea around like enlightenment era science mm. about like mm. sort of um strength and power being sapped away sure ah, by yes, yes, yes. jerking off and losing your semen that was agnostic it was not a christian thing because of course this is the enlightenment we're having right. this era where people are moving away from from mainstream christian thought but yeah. christianity eats everything christianity yes. eats like everything Facebook. especially yeah. in the u.s especially when we get to the great awakening at the beginning of the 19th century so people are running with all this enlightenment um science and philosophy but also this new fundamentalist theology and so jacking off becomes like a matter of personal grave sin. Yeah, well, and also a matter of civic pride. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, this doesn't fall under, like, the old definitions of sodomy, which right. is, like, any other it's kind of sex act. Me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. tight. Great. We've got at least three musical references here. <laughs> let's go! So, uh, let's go and we don't even have AJ. Baby. Incredible. So, as long as I'm on this etymology tear, yeah. since we're talking about how, like, masturbation wasn't necessarily a bad thing in, yeah. like, this sort of era. So, in... 1869, yep. an Austro-Hungarian journalist, I'm going to butcher <laughs> this name, we're going to go Carolee Maria Kurtbeni, coined the term heterosexual okay. mm -hmm. alongside homosexual, monosexual, basically implying that like to be heterosexual was a, it was a diagnosis. It was a mm. perversion that like if you were heterosexual, you were sex hungry for sex beyond the purpose of reproduction. Oh, interesting. Mm. Which yeah. is which is very much tied into 
the whole thrust of every huh. person's battle. Yes. Thrust. <laughs> nice. Every they them's battle. And it's also interesting because in every woman's battle, it yeah. does specifically pick up on this a little bit as well. Uh, with Carl Zimmerman, who was a yeah, yeah. Harvard uh, sociologist, uh, he wrote a book. Already known pervert. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, he wrote a book called Family and Civilization, which oh, these freaks yeah. love Fuck talking me. about. And it basically says, here are all of the hallmarks of the decline yeah, yeah. of society. Yeah. And uh, among these are things like, This you know, is like Rod Dreher's favorite it, book. Yeah, He's yes. always referencing this in his uh, in all of his columns about uh, like how his life is falling apart right now. <laughs> yeah, um, which has nothing to do with him whatsoever, nope. obviously. But it's things like, yeah, it says right here in the description, you know, originally published in 1947, this compelling analysis predicted many of today's cultural and social controversies and trends, including youth violence and depression, abortion and homosexuality, the demographic collapse of Europe and of the West more generally, and the displacement. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is starting what to sound kind of Nazi. Yeah, yeah, what does the demographic collapse of Europe mean um, there, Adolf? Too many Hungarians. <laughs> I mean, this it's, it's worth noting that this was originally published in 1947. Two years after the proper fall of Nazi Germany, yeah. but like, you know, there were still a lot of Nazis around, the Operation <laughs> yeah. Paperclip, things of that nature. Yeah, because the Nazism didn't just go away when we won. Uh, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. If anything, it was hired and brought to the U.S. to work Zimmerman. in Anyway, labs. we're down a real yeah. weird hole right now. <laughs> yeah, um, let's get out of this hole. But, but the, the point that I want to make here. There's only one hole for us. That's and right, Brian. Glory hole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, specifically, We're glass. Specifically uh, for the glory of the yeah. Lord. Yeah, I knew a guy named Glasscock. You could oh. always see him coming. <laughs> Jesus. I'm coming. There it is. <laughs> um, these narratives don't just emerge from thin yeah. air. Yeah. These books, the documentary, all of this presents all of these things as well. It's just fact. It's, it's just, just fact. the way things are. It's, it's fact. It's the way things are. It's also brand new. It's also like no one has ever jacked off before. No one has ever looked at pornography before. We're going to ignore the fact that like this is a Greek word. Um, it's just like, <laughs> right. Like this, this, it all got invented in 1950 and yes. now it's on your television, yes. which it's was invented last year. And the devil is Where, yeah. Whereas ironically, what was, what is really of a more recent vintage is this shit. Yes. yes. The ideas that they made up to justify their preconceived ideas about how the world ought to operate. <laughs> so yeah. like, American like masturbation anxiety is so ingrained because of weirdly influential people like Graham, the inventor of the Graham cracker and and <laughs> Harvey Kellogg. These these yes. Seventh Day Adventists who made foods because they were trying to taste to, boring so that you wouldn't yeah, get horny because they thought food. <laughs> sure. They thought food was going to lead you into temptation. Yeah, food was sinful. So have like, these horrible like bland eating, eating these really like weird yeah. Mexican <laughs> peppers would make you have the libido of a Mexican. You know, right. it was just like right. this at least has stepped a little bit past that. But you can see the language has its roots yes. still in that thing. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and that's and why I don't have a foreskin. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck. So sorry. Just a moment to mourn your foreskin. <laughs> Brian anyway. is becoming an intactivist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after we learn about how not jacking off is just mm -hmm. like being the troops. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and you know how getting your foreskin cut off is like when they cut off Goku's tail, right? Oh, 
But he can still get really full. He just mm. like he did lose some powers. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we we get some more of these like fucking talking heads. We get mm-hmm. we get Chris again. I guess he's a youth pastor. He starts talking about leisure time, Chris. <laughs> and and <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's another one of those really funny things where it's like no one ever had leisure before. Right. Now you have leisure because you're a teenager. Like he, right. we we have to get you Protestant work ethicing your way out of ever having enough yeah. time yeah. to jerk your hog. But Chris yeah. Chris is really <laughs> just like preoccupied with like, well, I just wanted Leisure Chris to be able to hang out and be Leisure Chris, but he kept on fighting with Porno Chris. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? A lot of personalities. <laughs> yeah. Again, <laughs> maybe these are things beyond that which impacts every young man. Maybe you have something specific going on here, my guy. Maybe Maybe you have your own shit to work out, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> it's leisure time, Chris, and porno, Chris. Maybe porn isn't actually the problem here. I don't know. Maybe there's an underlying pattern of behavior or thought or something like that that ought to be addressed. I, I, what do I know? And I like that, you know, we, we spend more time towards this back half, like, hanging out with the triple X church guys. We're right. like, cool. One guy has gauges. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he They're looks... They're not like normal Christians. They're yeah, the cool Christians. Yeah. He has gauges 15 years after they're cool. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they in say, another 20 years, that guy's going to try conolingus <laughs> and it's going to blow his mind. And they say words like dang and crap, you know? Like, right. they're, they're edgy dudes. Yeah. I mean, it's like... Sorry to, to plug a movie I was in, but it's like the movie I was in, mm. Porno, yeah. <laughs> where like the guy who's kind of the spiritual leader of all these these younger evangelicals in the Midwest in the 90s, heavy metal Jeff is like the guy who's keeping them on the path. And he's always praying with them and having them share this mantra. Yeah. Christ bears the load. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Um, all that's until they see my dick and balls and then a demon starts killing them. Right. Um, other people who are bearing the load uh, include, we get back to Fred again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he updates us on his win-loss ratio with regard to looking away from joggers. <laughs> this man has probably been in a number of car accidents. <laughs> Oh, my God. In the book, he even is like, I had to look away and I had to look on the other side of the road, but it was ultimately okay because I'm a pretty good driver. I shit you not. That's in the book. No fucking way. You you shared some some clipping with me last night that was just like, this guy hates this woman. He hates this woman who was jogging by. And it was like it was like it was me or her. It was like either I (laughs) I lose my battle with sin or I run this cunt over with my pickup right now. Yeah, it's Filthy. It's very serial killery. Yeah. It's very... I cannot abide this pair of big naturals in my face. Oh, boy. Well, and speaking of serial killers, they oh, share boy. an example. We're going to spend a whole episode yeah. on this thing at one point because well, this be, be, is a part be, of our boy, James yeah, Dobson's history. Our, our, our homie. Um, James Dobson, you know him. You love him, Laura. Yeah, my Jimmy, good Jimmy Dobbs. friend. Yeah. <laughs> James Dobson, of course, did the last interview with Ted Bundy the night before he was executed. And made a lot of money off of it and made a lot of fame off of it. One thing that he did was he sold this video pretty much at cost to people without any licensing fee, which is why you'll see so much of it is in this movie (laughs) because they needed to get it to our length to fill a whole Sunday school session. And uh, Laura, had you seen any clips of the Ted Bunny interview before this or? okay, you're not much of a I'm sorry, Um, not much of a serial killer interview person. It's okay. I prefer this over the like Ryan Murphy interpretation. Oh, okay. At least it's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this is one for uh, the large intersections that I'm sure we have between our audience and like true crime podcasts. Yeah, we are a true (laughs) crime podcast in a way. So I'll take a little tiny clip of this, but you'll see Ted Bundy is describing what 
his problem is, what it was that drove him to kill. You really feel that hardcore pornography and the doorway to softcore pornography, pornography is doing untold damage. Softcore is now in this now. And causing R-rated movies to be abused and killed the way you did others. Listen, I'm no social scientist and I haven't done a survey. I mean, I, I don't pretend that I know what John Q. Citizen thinks about this. <clears throat> but I've lived in prison for a long time now. And I've met a lot of men who were motivated to commit violence just like me. And without exception, every one of them was deeply involved in pornography without question. You know it's a great movie when they're using Ted Bundy as a yeah, yeah. as an expert witness. Yeah. Well, he has lived experience. Yeah. Of and, and, being a fucking lying psychopath his entire life. And Josh, actually, you brought this up last night. And I thought, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But like you said, like, this is some sort of plea because they even keep the part of the clip in here where he talks about what use is there in killing me? What That's not going to bring anyone anyone back. But it won't bring them back. And that's the fourth. And I, and I was show. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I'm, I was wrong, though. Like the, this was definitely part of his his. I mean, part of this is just a game. Right. He's just fucking with James Dobson, right? He's playing that man like a fiddle, but like also Dobson, a fiddle's made with strings because it wants to be played, you know? <laughs> and he is also, yeah, aiming for this kind of clemency because something that he did earlier, every time like that execution date was was looming and he did get a stay once, he would be like, oh, by the way, here's 30 more people that I killed. Here's where they're. Uh, bodies are sometimes they found bodies sometimes they didn't sometimes he was just straight up making things up right he was an unrepentant liar not to mention he did some other bad things all the way until (laughs) the end of his life sounds like a real jerk yeah (laughs) and like like the fact that this has become such a piece of like canon yeah it's such a like a like oh dobson was so persecuted because people said so many mean things about him i mean bundy even going on in this interview at, at other points about like how he turned his life over to Jesus, which apparently got like a response from the security guards in the room. Oh, like they were, uh, they were like the uh-huh. prison guards. Yeah. And like, apparently when they walked him back to his cell that night, they're like, Oh yeah. So, uh, how are things with Jesus? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was the stakes of it. That was pretty wild. I was like, yeah. we're bringing Ted Bundy yeah. in. Yes. Like that's who, that's where we're going here. Like we've got a, a ginger on a motorcycle and we've got Ted <laughs> yep, Bundy. Yep. Don't touch your dick. Right. You know, like this is like, <laughs> they are pulling out every This stop. is the road that you're going to. Well, and Ted Bundy's another one of his assertions is like, you're a victim of society. If you have, jerked off to pornographic magazines society has done this to you and it will do it to you too because ted bundy he lived just like you he right. was a normal suburban right. boy raised right. by a mom and dad who cared about him they tried to him. do their best brothers and friends yeah. this is all a lie too Pornography the man did it. was yeah. raised by his grandparents thinking that they were his parents thinking that his mother was actually his sister for many many years and the horrible thing is, his grandfather may have also actually been his father. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, he was born in like a home for like homeless pregnant women, single women. Yeah. Like he did not have an ordinary life and he he did not but he loves to paint he wasn't this the, image. The pinnacle of Christian purity. Yeah. Except for this one porno thing. Yeah. Right. He saw a hustler yeah. on the sidewalk once. Yeah. (laughs) And then seeing tits was like, okay, now I have to kill, you know, potentially hundreds of people and we'll never know just how many people he killed. Yeah. Well, and and I don't think that we could do a whole 
yeah. podcast yeah. series on why Ted Bundy killed, which yeah. let's not because it's nah, trodden no, territory. No. But, um, but, but yeah. we are not the number one podcast on Patreon, <laughs> which is theater people talking about true crime. It's not accidental that they yeah. put this in here. It's not just like, well, we need some more content to pad out the hour. Yeah. Although it's also not not that, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exclamation point on the argument they've been making this whole time. It's not yes. a coincidence yeah. that right before they deploy the Bundy interview. They have uh, another one of those testimonial interviews with this guy named Derek, who's telling us, you know, looking oh, at porn man, isn't Derek. all it's cracked up to be. He keeps talking about getting choked like Chain, which tells me a lot about what he's into in terms of his <laughs> porn selection. Yeah. yeah. But then it, we get this wild fucking shit. Another where, trigger warning for uh, transphobia. Yeah. Um, it says, first of all, a card comes up that says, Derek was forced to confess his sin in front of 600 people. And I was like, by whom? <laughs> <laughs> who's who? Who's the problem here? Whose children are they? <laughs> yes. And then the second card, Derek never thought he would pay transsexual prostitutes for sex. But he did. You better not touch your dick now, because if you go down that path, then you're going to see more shame from the very people telling yeah. you yes. not to touch your dick yeah, now. Yeah, then you're going to have the extreme humiliation of interacting with a trans person. And it raises who who are very like in in, like the way that we don't have like agency for women or or any like fleshed out women. Disembodied demon trans people. This is yeah yeah, so far removed from just basic humanity. Oh yeah, and I mean there's not even anything even like these books lump gender and sexuality together. Yeah, it will say stuff like playing with dolls is a very sexual act because it has to do with you being a sexual being because you're a woman, and it's just like uh huh, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's why. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that specifically. (laughs) It's hilarious. Great great joke writing there from every young woman's journey. It's awesome. And you can see at the end of the book too, it's like because they spend three pages or maybe five pages because they need to add the bitterness clause to every young woman's battle. Right. They were not thinking about gay people at all. And that's what made this shit always funny to me in high school when we do these like sex chapels and whatever. It's just like these people exist. So how do you account for that? Right. And you you just don't. You really try not to. Every time. Yeah. Like ignore the stats that like most gay people came up and quote unquote healthy straight yeah, families. Yeah, I wasn't fucking molested by anyone. Like, right. <laughs> like, and also, like, if that's the case, then who cares? If that's yeah. like the therapeutic act that someone lives with and then they're doing fine in the same way that someone else might take medication or go to therapy, then who gives a shit? Right. Yeah. We Why talk about that a lot on our pod too because there's a lot of stigma that's like, if you have a kink, it must be the result of some kind of abuse. Oh, if yeah. you're a sex yeah. worker, it's because you were abused. And while that can be quite often the case that like maybe someone experienced sexual abuse and were then forced to find like sexual resolution and sexual liberation, mm-hmm. they are certainly not one-to-one and there's absolutely no scientific correlation between kink yeah. and a an, an inception moment of trauma and the mere fact that acknowledging there are gay people there are trans people there are people who live their lives this way even just people with kinks yeah the existence of these facts makes every other part of this fall apart but again so that's why they have to, they can't yeah, acknowledge the you, existence you just yes. ignore the facts yes. and instead what you do is you and you viciously stuff. work to destroy those facts. And yes. you create charts like this helpful chart. I love uh, charts. That exists <laughs> where there's one part of the chart on the left side. It's a box that's the things that are about guys. And then on the right side, it's bullet points about things that are about girls. And we learned that guys 
for example, are mm. driven by their physical desires, mm. crave physical intimacy, mm. are stimulated by what they see, give love to get sex. What? And that finally, body can disconnect from mind, heart, and spirit. These are characteristics of guys. Characteristics of girls include driven by their emotional desires, mm. crave emotional intimacy, mm. stimulated by what they hear and feel, give sex to get love. Yikes. Body, <laughs> mind, heart, and spirit intricately connected. Um, I mean, I they're like, making women sound in that, you know, like, oh, my shit's like interconnected. Like, yeah. if that's the case, maybe give that person autonomy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like maybe give that I person like, agency in the situation. Again, it's like, so like, what the fuck is a man in yeah. your in your estimation? Yeah. Not to be like, oh, think of well, the men. Men but are guys who see things and react to them. Women are guys that hear things and react like to how them. Do you, yeah. How do you split the difference here when you're talking about like agency and who a person is? If in your estimation, a guy, like you said, is somebody who is incapable of like integrating their thoughts and feelings. Jesus. Yeah. Why are they the ones who have the power? Speaking and, of. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, the big secret about the patriarchy, Josh, is that it doesn't serve women, but it oh. also doesn't serve men. Oh, mm. oh! Also to doesn't serve, serve non-binary and gender non-conforming yeah. folks. And the <laughs> thing is, to serve man is a cookbook. <laughs> we see the Bundy shit, and again, this is the exclamation point on everything we've seen up until this. If you start down the path of looking at joggers, eventually, what's going to happen is you will lose touch with your family. Your mind will be overwhelmed and consumed by having to jo all the time. <laughs> become a serial killer. You'll become yeah. a serial killer. Remember yeah. Brad, our, yeah. our motorcycle uh, riding ginger from earlier? Brad yes. rides his bike into the <laughs> foreground and then has to make a bunch of faces that illustrate his emotional oh, journey. Oh my God. I, so yeah, because <laughs> he, poor, he, that poor young man. He pulls up into Kevin's driveway. Now, is this dude a local actor or is this one of the authors? Because I clocked that one of the authors... Both did of the kind of look like one of star them. in yeah. this, but I didn't know who wrote it. So, like, no, the, the, it was like co-author and star. No, the two the two authors are Fred, the okay. one who loves joggers, yeah. and uh, <laughs> Steve, the one who is right. at Gettysburg. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, so this is just a local actor. Yeah, this might have been some kid they cast out of their church or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Knows. Like, not cast out of their church, cast, cast from their church. Through, the, their, through their church. But in this emotional moment, Brad is going through every he young just man's battle. Grimaces. He is in the throes of it. He is he is in Kevin's driveway on his bike. He's gonna go to the two man porno party. Is he gonna go in and jay off, or is he gonna you know preserve? Or is he gonna drive away? And he did, by the way, come all the way here right. before yeah. making faces and then and this decisions. Is far out of town. You can tell. Yes. <laughs> but the most, I mean, this, I'm curious to hear actually, Laura, you know, as somebody who's done a fair bit of theater, you know, and I yeah. know if you've done some producing, some directing, some acting, things mm -hmm. of that nature. Um, I have notes. What do you think? What are, give me your notes. <laughs> My notes are our, our shot, our entry shot uh -huh, of mm -hmm. our ginger on the bike. Yeah. Far too long. <laughs> we need to cut that. We're yeah, in real yeah, time yeah. on yeah. this bike. <laughs> for at least a tenth of the film right. and it's maybe an hour of shooting. So sure. we're really stretching the footage here. Okay. Um, stretching the, the attention span of the viewer. My yeah. response to that note, I disagree, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> I also like Kevin leaving the library where you have him in the background. Yes, yes. And when the main guy walking, in the foreground. He's he walks all the way out. He walks all the way it's down like, the It's hall. like the room. It's like the room where yes. they just yes. like keep these shots going for way too exactly. long. Exactly. There's a, there's a Tim exactly. and Eric project, Bag Boy, that they did yes. with uh, John C. Riley as Steve Brule, 
where people like walk to the edge of the grocery store, <laughs> yes. but the automatic door doesn't actually open. So they so just, then they just turn around and look at the camera great, until the scene ends. Yes, that's that's what the library vibe is. It's like Kevin yeah. leaves and we get like, they just keep, they don't just end the shot. No. We have we, a 30 second like awesome. exit. It's awesome. It's amazing. Um, also love the choice of the IBC root beer we've covered. Yeah. Yeah. Just right. great yeah, Kevin just opens there. the door, clearly alone. Yeah, very yes. disheveled in this moment yeah. as well. He's yeah, well, I think like, he got a haircut. A rough time. Like, I actually was like, I think that that our he ginger needs, needs yeah. to stay and support his friend. He needs, Kevin. Right, he needs right, his right. friend around. And then he used porn as a way to reach out. Yeah. Honestly, I agree. I think Kevin's going through it. I, I think know. he just needs a friend. I think that he is feeling feelings that he doesn't quite understand. Yeah. He's it's almost like he knows that he judged the porn, which is a <laughs> yes. step too far to right. me. Like, I'm like, I think you're just like. I would be like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, Wait, why yeah. is why is he, dude? Why like, why is he just dude? hanging out on his bike in my driveway, just vaguely grimacing? What's that all about? Like, what's that about? But instead, he's like heartbroken. Yeah, but it's his bro. With. It's his bro. Come on, yeah. like this is just bros. Sure, I'm just like if it's me and I invited my friend over and they drive up and then drive away, I'd be like, they right. forgot something, right? You know, yeah. like, except for I know he will, except for the very meaningful like. Again, he sits. He sits there grimacing for a solid minute. So, yeah. like, that's a motivated sequence, right yeah. there. Yeah. Also, this is 04. They have. They would have cell phones at this point. Yes. He could have called point. Kevin. Yeah. And he well, doesn't. Well, instead like, he hey, goes. Man, I'm not, but we need. We we <laughs> yeah. have to have used the motorcycle for something. That, that, that yes. bit has to pay and off. It's Chekhov's motorcycle. Yeah. It's Chekhov's motorcycle, and <laughs> we gotta make. <laughs> And we gotta make him look cool when he drives yeah. away yes. from yes. the porn. Yes. It's cool it not to jack off. It can't just be him hanging up a phone and like sadly being alone in his mm-hmm. room. Right. He has to like skid off into the distance. You yeah. gotta feel that vibration under his tank. Cool guys yeah. don't look at explosions. <laughs> and he <turns> back <laughs> cool guys also don't look back at their depressed friend while they're riding away yes. on a motorcycle. Yeah. So, so then he goes over to the teacher leading the accountability group. Right. The effeminate adult bachelor. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's it, like we see no with indication the, with a blonde mustache. We see no indication whatsoever that this man has a wife. Like it, it, no? it, it, it really, nope. he really does just seem to be full on a bachelor. And what's wrong with that, Josh? Uh, nothing, Laura. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just, I just think, I just, I just think that this man isn't being fully honest about who yeah. he is. You know what yeah. I'm saying? A lot of violent repressed gay men don't yeah. have, I mean, have fucking wives and what's that doing for them? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> there is this parallel with like the ex-gay ministries and stuff like that. I don't know. There, there was a video that was very popular, like back in the two thousands and this guy like came fully back around to being a homo again and good for him where he, he, but he was like one of those converted ex-gay right. pastors and he'd go around, he'd be like, Oh yeah, I had sex with so many men, but now I'm a heterosexual. And you know, the thing is the first time I slept with my wife on our wedding night, I just remember that moment of just saying, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because really, because I was worried I wouldn't get it up and I needed your sperms are not just supposed to, you know, eat crap and die up someone's butthole. <laughs> he just, you know, this is, is he's, he's just quirky St. Clair, basically. Yes, yes. Like, that's awesome. And it's like, yeah, you can't let your sperms die, except every young man's battle has to address one of the big elephants in the room. Okay. Or sumo wrestlers in the room, I guess. Right. Uh, which is that... Or Goku's in the room. Sometimes you come while you're asleep. <laughs> right. We just talked about this at the live show for my for my own podcast. <laughs> right. 
that in the 12th through 14th centuries, it was an obsession among monks. Like, mm. why are these nocturnal emissions happening? Oh. Is it a sin if I'm asleep? Yeah. And it was a big justification for witch hunts. It was like, oh, oh well, it's okay. a woman. Sure. A de- demon disguised as a woman. Oh yes, yes. Flew succubus. in my window, a succubi, exactly, and uh, sat like pressed on or sat on me, and that's mm-hmm, why sure. I had the wet dream. Right, and so and we so found there, a way to blame women, even though they weren't yeah, even in the fucking so building. There, the monks might not even be worried about masturbation, mm. but they are worried about the dreams. Whatever young man's battle ends up having, yeah, it squares is this the circle in the weirdest fucking way. <laughs> this Socratic dialogue between God. And his 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 strongest warrior getting right. his toughest battles, right? Where he's like, God, what am I? What am I supposed to do? Like, I I I, I want to have a sexual release, and God's like, You're gonna have a sexual release. You're just in your dreams. Hold it in. Right. Oh, they give us because you can't you can't explain it away. Yep, yep, you can't yep. like the only way you could do it is that it's demons, and so you have to be like, well, no, obviously it's a natural process. You're not sinning then. That is the only time you're allowed to do it. I'd be humping the shit out of my pillow. <laughs> no. The thing that comes Which about is also a thing yeah. as a result of this very weird like way of thinking about things is that it then gets paired with this like non scientific advice. Yeah, and so the rationale they come up with is that you need to release the sperm on a regular basis. Yeah. So that you don't but get... we don't yeah, want to kill not, the sperm. That's not actually what causes the dream. No, Brian, Brian, Brian. <laughs> wet dreams happen be- when you get too much sperm in the balls. <laughs> and they get so full. And they get so big and perfectly round. You roll over the wrong way, something's bound to happen. Yeah, it's and like according, expressing a dog's anal gland. And according to, uh, <laughs> according to citation needed, yeah. uh, he, he, uh, it is normal. Uh, every young man uh, mm-hmm. ought to be releasing said sperm approximately once every 72 hours or so. Yeah. And the body just naturally regulates that. So, so you're if, allowed to have a wet dream a few times a week? Well, right. Yeah. But you can't, what you can't do is try to cause it or do anything else. Like you can't masturbate. You can't fantasize. You can't fantasize. Instead. Oh, that's hard. They're controlling your thoughts as well. But, yeah. well, but the thing is, if you have a like a, 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 a wet dream where you haven't been doing all of that shit and watching the pornos, yeah. then the dream isn't going pure. to be as explicit Therefore, you're not doing the same amount of sexual sin. You're just doing the natural 72 release, uh, 72 hour sperm release cycle, yeah. which again is the wet dream scientific. you have every three days, right. like all men do. Right, the, your regular three day, <laughs> all grown us, <laughs> all sexually healthy and not at all repressed. It's actually right. that's do. the one loophole we have. Is it, if it's a ruined orgasm, you're in good shape. Um, <laughs> speaking of fantasies, Josh, can yeah. we talk about the fantasy? Um, as it relates to the Robert Zemeckis, Tom Hanks movie, Forrest Gump. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I was going to scream Castaway because, like, no. All right. Right. Be masturbating in every volleyball oh, yeah. on that island, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> fucked Wilson. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, we've sort before we do that, yes, though, yeah, I actually yeah. want to end with that because it's oh, so okay, fucking okay, funny. Okay. So. We've had a good time. We've had some laughs. We've, we've made some memories. Yeah. Laura, is there anything that you would like to uh, plug or talk about or anything before we... Uh... I mean, I've sufficiently talked about my podcast. Okay. I think yeah. if people haven't been offended up to this point. Uh, yeah. What are your social media handles? Uh, we're like a podcast people? called Girls on Porn. Yeah. Uh, we've got a website, girlsonporn.com. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Our social handles are because... 
American Puritan culture is quite strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at Girls on Pern, that's porn without the O because nice. we've been mm, shut down yes. by Instagram four to five times. Oh, wow. Fun fact, we had to change our profile to being male to avoid getting shut down as much. Isn't that wild? You changed you just the gender, gender put yourself like, into the gender of and... ourselves. No, we changed <laughs> oh. the gender of our Instagram profile that and rules. we have been oh seen less shadow banning and have been shut down less. Um, same on TikTok, Girls on Pern without the yep. O. TikTok was also pretty bad for censorship. Yes, oh, of course. Twitter yeah. not so bad, except for Girls on Pern wasn't available. So on Twitter, we're at GOP the podcast. Uh, and we also have a Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Girls on Porn. Excellent. I like that you are the GOP. Yeah, yeah, so our tagline at the end of the episode is the only GOP that's actually any good. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, if, if you like what you've heard, definitely check out Girls on Porn. Every episode, yeah. reviewing a different genre, different keyword. Yeah, different uh, search term. You'll yeah. laugh. You'll cry. Sometimes cry. You'll yeah. uh, find new material that you can J.O. to on yeah. your own as mm-hmm. long as you've given up on fighting every young man's battle. If you're still fighting, like listening to this podcast will make you stronger. Yes. Right? Like yes. A, you, you will build yeah, up resistance. I would say anyone fighting that battle should absolutely <laughs> listen to Very my good. podcast that destigmatizes sexual shame. Yep. So yes. that you can and, uh, s- set that person free. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this case study, we have plenty more like it on our Patreon as well. Right. Patreon.com slash worst of all. Check it out if you haven't yet. And uh, I kind of want to end this episode by just reading us a segment that just really spoke to my heart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, it, it convicted you. Yeah. I, I, I feel really convicted about this. Compelled. Yeah. <laughs> The, pro- the power of Christ compels you? Yeah. Do we yeah, still yeah, say yeah. that? Yeah. It's really the power of Fred. Oh, um, okay. Because throughout all of these things, I was like, what is... The power of the jog. <laughs> <laughs> the what, power of the jog. What sums up this mentality the best? Mm. Like, in, in reading about this, because we've, we've talked about all sorts of different aspects of this and why it's weird. I just want to read you a selection that is just like this specific guy and what his deal is. And yes. I, I hope you'll carry this cursed image with you for the rest <laughs> of your week, dear listener. So he's talking about Forrest Gump. He's talking yep. about watching Forrest Gump. And he's like, yeah, Forrest Gump, fine movie to watch with the family, right? Well, actually, do you remember that scene with Sally Field? And I now quote from the book. But you got more than entertainment, didn't you? Remember the grunting and panting between Sally Field and the principal? And how when Sally Field next appeared on screen, you briefly looked her up and down and wondered what it might be like to have her under the sheets? <laughs> you had your arm around your wife while you were thinking it. Then, later, after you retired to bed for a bit of sport with your wife, you replaced your wife's face with Sally Field's. <laughs> and you wondered why she couldn't make you grunt and pant like the principal. I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. <laughs> and I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. <laughs> and I'm Laura. Oh yeah. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>